trying to with my very soft docile <laughs> yes good morning and welcome to detuned radio i hope you all are having a very nice monday morning uh i am not going to be able to sustain this volume nor posture no. for the duration of the podcast that'd be really that'd be a really interesting uh i'm slipping into i'm slipping into a uh, kirk captain enterprise <laughs> Um, this is D Tune yeah, Radio. This week, this week uh, it's D Tune Radio, and it's a special one. Uh, we'll, oh, we'll man. get there. We'll get there. But, yeah, what it's a special, special week. It's a special week. Now, yeah. do you notice that I have my Telecaster level mounted on my wall? I did, my, and I saw that on the uh, either the socials or in a group chat or something. It was a I group saw. Chat. I, I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. stay with off the of, cats. That's uh, a wise. I try. I like. I know that I can't. Uh, I I I felt really proud because I um, see. So yeah, I basically not played electric guitar in eight years because uh, we moved to SF tiny apartments to amp. Um, this amp at even the lowest volumes right. uh, really shakes the walls. You're gonna hear it. Yeah, it's a two and by twelve, also, right? So. Uh, four by ten. Oh, four by ten. Ooh, yeah, four by ten. Oh, it's the big uh, Deville. Uh, Fender Hot Rod Deville. Big um, Deville. Uh, so I didn't play it, and then there's the other part, which is despite all of my uh, performing over the year, I've probably performed over a thousand times if you're counting church stuff, and then my band. I still am insecure about my wife listening to me like figure stuff out, <laughs> like, like. Like having someone listen to you learn, figure, learn, or practice something, or figure oh, yeah. out a song. Yeah. It's like somebody like walking in, like when you're like squatting naked or something. You're like, this is not how I it's want you to see naked. me. No, yeah, as, this as is, Jerry Seinfeld uh, would say, it's not good naked. <laughs> and so she'd always think, oh, I love it. You love it when you play. Like, just play whatever. I just like it. And and I right, would be like, no, no, I, no, I, no, no, no. I, you need to weave so that I can be terrible for a little bit. Yeah. Um, all my, I have to say, I'm finally my set wife up in my no home choice. studio. <laughs> I'm You're, sitting here yeah. in front of my amps, just tweaking knobs, holding one chord while I tweak knobs on fuzz pedals. <laughs> but you, well, you've consistently played over the years. So that was the other yeah. fear: is have I atrophied? How much? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have I atrophied? And so I got my amp fixed. It needed new tubes. It needed the reverb fixed. And then I got my Telecaster uh, set up professionally for the first time. Ooh. And they lowered the action uh, over halfway because he's like, "What kind of music insane. are you playing?" And I'm like, "He's like, oh, he says like 120 before." He's like, "Now it's down to like 55." And I was like, "What?" Jeez, um, that's millimeters and, for everybody. Um, All you Yanks, that's very tiny. But he, yeah. So I, I, I'm not the best uh, shredder, but I am trying to learn blues. Trying to play at basic like white do white stripe stuff, right? Really like Stevie Ray Vaughan would be kind of what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, just a and, just a big muff. Um, <laughs> maybe a pitch shifter. 
And I could, yeah, none of that, none of that. Uh, but no, like I'm trying to learn the blues. I've been learning. My father sent me this thing, Ooh. so I've been practicing diatonic major and minor scales by Andre Segovia. Put it in the yeah, show I've been notes. The scales. <laughs> Everybody's so. Uh, <laughs> all that to say, uh, I'm uh, less than secure now because I was playing the other day and go. I was like, oh, I haven't lost it. Like my fingers yeah. hurt maybe more, but. It came back to me. Pretty yeah. Quick. And having the action lowered is such a thing. Like it's one of those things. I don't have great guitar maintenance routines. Like I will every once in a while being like every several years realize like, Oh, I should probably like check my intonation and stuff and whatever. And <laughs> uh, I got a new guitar for my birthday this past year and I was going and setting it up and doing all that when I first got it. And then I was like, oh, I should I should revisit the rest of my guitars as well. And then I was like, oh, this is okay. This is why people care about setting up their instruments <laughs> because it actually yeah. is easier to play. What about that? Yeah, no, about? Like, f- I felt like I was always, even though I got a really nice 1952 reissue telly, yeah. um, it... I always felt like I was fighting with it a little bit, but I was like, ah, this is just, this is just how it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, man and man and his guitar. There you go. They're, they're doing battle. And uh, do you have a garage? No, it turns out, do you have a garage I'm in your house? Battling. Yeah. Yeah. I do. You should just do it in the garage. That's what the man and his guitar in the garage. That's <laughs> rock and roll right there. I might, if I ever want to like really, really turn it up, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right now, got this little home studio. There you uh, go. Hopefully it's getting less echoey as the podcast uh, episodes have been released, but I commissioned moss walls Eey. instead of, um, they're like, they're art, uh, and they're going to absorb, they're going to be my sound absorption rather than the, the standard. Yeah. Um, you know, know if, you wait in, if you wait long enough, those will just grow on your walls. You just gotta wait. <laughs> Someone go, some goes like, oh, this black mold everywhere. Like, yeah, man, the sound in here is just wait. Man. Just working on my sound dampening. Gonna have some moss walls. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. yeah. I have also been working on my home studio a lot. Uh, I I showed you some of this stuff before. You have um, like a real situation. It's a. I mean, it's. I'm trying to get there. I did. I don't. No, I think I talked about it last time where I took out a wall and like mm-hmm. got 16 more square feet and I soundproofed it some more. Uh, and that is uh, going to take some use because we are currently in the throes of recording the new Spaceships album. Um, parts of it are being recorded here. Not all of it. I'm going over to Joel's house to record his drums. Um, but yeah, I was like, going to ask, like, you're, what's your, is your setup good enough that you're comfortable recording in your home studio or are you like oh, no yeah, 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 like, yeah, these yeah. are just demos then we're gonna no. fork over money to go to a we a proper studio we recorded the last album in my house like somebody else came in but it was wow. still like in my house like he he turned up my we put my amps in a guest bedroom and covered them with blankets to dampen them and then we put ben's amp up in the master bedroom upstairs <laughs> and then we had the drums in the living room and we were set up in the office where we could see each other through the doors so you recorded it live yeah we tracked everything live the last two albums have been tracked live and this one is not just by the nature of how our schedules have all changed that is so rad, and I would like to say you have a very 
very understanding wife. <laughs> I was like, hey, babe, these two weekends, <laughs> might, you might want to go find something to do. <laughs> go. But, uh, but no, so this I time. I love that. Yeah, this time around I am in... A lot of it's like just the nature of the beast and part of it's also like because I want to get back into the... Because it's expensive to pay somebody to engineer and mix and all that. And like I have been like living in Logic Pro for the last two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like this is not actually the first album I've recorded during the pandemic. This is in Mm -hmm. fact the third. (laughs) But uh, you're prolific in all ways. Yeah, (laughs) like you do so. You and your wife do so. Every time I talk, you're like, "Oh yeah, we just decided to buy this this warehouse." And oh, by the way, I just took out a wall and extended my room. And oh, and I'm like. Dude, I like. I just went to work five days, and now I'm tired. Like, I didn't do a damn thing. Part of it is because we have been living with ADHD our entire lives, and uh, I just recently got on medication, and so a lot. Of, I'll have a lot of days where I'm like, "Oh, I should do this," and then I do it. Oh, <laughs> it's like I, I should do this one thing that might take me four hours and then i just go and i do the thing that takes me four hours but i you know when when i was like i don't know 20s people talking about adhd became a lot more commonplace and i was sort of like i wonder you know because people like oh it doesn't always show up in the ways that you would think it's not always about a hyper person who can't sit still And so I go get and talk to my doctor, and I described everything, and they're like, no, you 100% do not have ADHD. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. It's like, I didn't think so, but I wanted to just check. Michelle was always a really great student and, like, was valedictorian at high school. She graduated college, uh, summa cum laude. Like, just super, like, one teacher of the year when we were working at a school. Like, she started her own business, whatever. And then, like, in the last year has been like, I think I might have ADHD and like started reading more about it. And it was like, oh yeah. So like all of my like hyper achievement focus is like part of it. <laughs> that's that's extremely, a part of it. I'm extremely good at being mediocre. I have certain things there, but no. So uh, we're recording, we're recording our album. I'm, I'm mostly recording our album because I'm the one that's mixing and engineering and all this stuff. But so what a lot of that means is that I keep, uh, I'll go and I'll record the parts and I'll, I've, I've like gotten my guitars done for almost every song at this point. But then I like read some tips about engineering guitars at home or like, you know, how to do it properly and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh geez, I have to redo this all again. <laughs> and then like, I went and I then I'll like try that and I'm like oh that actually works like I have to redo this everything again and then like I'll try something else I'm like ah now I have to do all that again and so like I'm there's one song that's actually like already out that is already on its like third guitar it's like <laughs> on Spotify we released it as a single and it's like with the, the chat the chat room channel? yeah 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 okay. I because it's released because I was so like, yeah, this sounds good. But then I was like, oh, I wonder if I, because I had just been, because we track everything live, I've just been like playing the song through like an entire take, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, 
then Ben came over to record something, and because his time's limited, I was like, all right, we're just going to record two two takes of the verse, and then we're going to move into here, just going to record two takes of the chorus on its own, and then like we'll go and we'll do the song piece by piece like that. And I was like, I wonder what it would sound like if I did that with my parts. And I was like, <laughs> I need to do this with all of my parts. And then I was like, ooh, I wonder what it sounds like if I use a DI between my, like get a direct signal. And then like mm-hmm. reamp it in the DAW and like mix the real amp and the digital amp together. And I'm like, God, this sounds so good. <laughs> I need to do this to everything. I hate it when uh, when you find whatever, whether it's recording music or whatever, you find a tip that just radically changes everything. And there's this. And then you have to both, do everything over. Yeah, there's this positive and negative <laughs> aspect to it where yeah. you're like, oh, that's awesome. I learned that. Like, oh, but now I got to repaint the living room. <laughs> Right. No, 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 absolutely. (laughs) And so like, I'll say again, this is not the first album, like even in the pandemic, like I have the Bears' Teeth album that I worked on. I have Mm -hmm. the Nativity album that I didn't work as hard as I'm working on at this one that I did that came out last year. And it's like, I also have like two other albums that I have like completely done myself that are out in the world and like have existed for like the first Spaceships album. I keep remembering it turns 10 next year. I I was I, I keep clicking thinking, through a bunch of your yeah. records the other day because I was like, oh, I want to see how Nat progressed from you know, uh the the, what the is bedroom it? The very folk first one, stuff. Uh Son of Sp- Wait, no. I am a Storm at Sea, yeah. Yeah, that's the first one. I listened to a couple tracks off that and then I jumped to the Tiny Fires <laughs> yeah. EP and like <laughs> It's all good. I yeah, like it yeah, all, yeah. but it is clear that yeah, you you the recording was slightly better. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like I mean it was um, a lot better. We paid somebody. A lot better. We paid I was somebody. To be we, nice. we wrote those songs in a room. <laughs> I did not hear those songs played by other people in the same room when I released I'm a Storm at Sea. It wasn't until mm. we were getting ready to That's play the hard. album release show that I like heard it played by people in the same room together. I'm like, this is what this song's like? Man, I need to remix this whole thing, but I already published it. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, but like I, I've been doing this, you know, a while and I still mm. am just at the point where I'm like, oh, man, I just learned how to do this. I just learned how to do this. The nice thing is that we just got this. We got a nice hack to get like a perfect drum mix without like any fuss so i'm like all right great this is perfect <laughs> drums are set because drums are like the hardest thing to drums record. are artists drum yeah. yeah and so now it's mostly just like i'm i'm just obsessing over these guitar tones which is just uh, my life that's my life well i like kind of segues into so for the i got my amp back it was fixed and i'm playing on clean and i have it on two um and which uh, my amp goes to 12. 12. Uh, 12. Uh, it goes wow. to uh, Fender amps go to 12. Uh, wait, let me make sure I'm not talking over my ass. Yeah, go to 12. Okay. okay. So uh, I have it on like two generally on clean. And it, it <laughs> That's spanks. like a, just a middle finger to Marshall there. <laughs> it just spanks, as they say. Yeah. Uh, and then if I put it on the dirty, I have like an overdrive channel and there's kind of two... It's the same channel, but then there's like two modes. There's like kind of a, dirty yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a, a super a weed. And it just seems so wimpy. Like, yeah, it's distorted and it's whatever. But 
I have um, they have their own separate volume knobs, and I have those right. at ten, uh, twelve. Yeah, and huh. it's still and so I'm so confused, and I was like trying to remember, and I'm like, oh yeah, I constantly had this issue when I was in my band, and I would just live with it, be fine with it, because one, I was broke and didn't want to yeah, spend yeah, yeah. my my money on a bunch of stuff, and, and I didn't want to have like amp buyers regret. But now <laughs> I'm gonna I'm all that to say I'm putting together my first pedal board. That's my yes. next project. Come to me. Um, Come to me, Grasshopper. So you, you and my friend uh, Rosemary, I think, are gonna be my advisors, and I'm just gonna start with like I should start a know, podcast with four, Rosemary. Four. You should. <laughs> um, she comes up often well. enough. Uh, <laughs> So you two are telling me about uh, pedals and stuff to buy, and I'm yeah. like, all right, I'm gonna big muff rat. But all Holy I have grill. to say, um, oh, another Rosemary quote was uh, we, we were all hanging out and talking, and they were like, "Why didn't you get any? Uh, why haven't you got any pedals? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that?" And I'm like, very much like. I have this kind of like Jack White approach to oh, come on. playing guitar and making music where I'm like, I have to earn it. I have to, I have to earn those pedals. So until I can shred, <laughs> until I can shred, how dare I go nah. spend $150 on a rat or whatever. Oh, rats are 150 bucks. You can find them online for like 60. Whatever. How, like, I'm not good enough for tremolo. I can't even, It'll, you know, whatever. Tremolo. <laughs> Rose, what? My friend Rosemary is like, I wish you liked you as much as I liked you. <laughs> uh, and that line that they said three weeks ago is stuck with me because, um, and this has come up on the show a ton. I, I mentioned the whole trying not to buy Try not to buy things in advance. Try not to, oh, I'm going to be a snowboarder and then yeah, you buy yeah, yeah, snowboarding yeah, yeah. gear and then you snowboard once. Obviously, I'm not the I, way with guitar and music. Yeah. I think I earned I think my way with guitar. In. And music, I think you're bought in on guitar. I think it's going to stick. I still was just Might like, stick. I was like, yeah, I don't deserve a pedal until I can be Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll treat myself. I'll treat myself no way. with a pedal. I will also say, because um, there are ways that, like, the the way that you play guitar changes mm-hmm. with a certain tone. So, like, a Big Muff in particular, I do not play guitar the same way with a Big Muff turned all the way up as I do with anything else. Like there's just hmm. something that changes. And so I will, I will give you permission. I will get, I will give you that star. <laughs> you have earned it. Earned you it. have earned oh, it. The, 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 the cap, the, the cap on this that made me feel really good is when I went and picked up the guitar, the guy goes like, I think he just thought I was like a regular techie who bought a guitar to like learn. <laughs> and he's like, like with your, with your guitar and your motorcycle and your, yeah, he's <laughs> like, Oh dude, you've, You've really played a lot. He's like, these frets could, uh, you could use some new frets, man. You've really worn grooves in here and started telling me about the frets. And he wasn't just upselling me. Like, he showed, yeah, he yeah, like yeah. taught me how to, and I was like, oh, he's like, I love to see this. Like, this thing has seen a lot of, uh, seen a lot of play. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I said I was in a band, but I just think in his mind he was just like, "I'm an SF." Right. Ninety percent of people bring their guitars. Right, right, right. Just somebody yeah. bought it for the first time. So that made me feel good. That the yeah. guy who works on guitars all the time was like, "Wow, you've really worked on. You've done time with this guitar." Yeah. There you go. That's good. So yeah, you've you've done your time. You've earned that big muff. You've earned yourself a. <laughs> All right. Op amp reissue Big Muff Billy Corgan signature 
It's like eighty bucks. Pay, it's like eighty I bucks. Taxes uh, this year. I'm gonna. Yeah, I think I think pedal board is the next. There you go. Big purchase. There you go. All right. All right. We've ran. We, yeah. We've, we've yeah. exhausted so, our intro. Jesse, you can a- cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut all this out. Every week you say that, and every week I say I'm not going to do that. But I might this. I might this week, and I think it'll be really funny if I leave that part in in particular. Okay, Jesse, that's uh, a real nice shirt you got on. Yeah. Uh, so this week it says "Me Without You" on it. Do you like my bottom, also "Me Without You" shirt? I do like yes. "Me Without You" shirt. Um, so here's a fun here's a fun story about <laughs> "Me Without You" shirts. Is that their graphic designer Charlie Wagers, who used who does most of their designs, um, or has done many of their designs throughout the past? Mm-hmm. He used to have a graphic design partnership with my friend Adam Baker, who is the lead singer of my virtual band Bears His Teeth. Mm-hmm. So there I am, two two degrees once again, so, <laughs> two degrees from everyone. All right, I'm gonna set this. I'm gonna I'm gonna set this up. And then you set the can table. correct yes, anything. Set I the get. table. Totally, it's totally wrong because I feel like you setting it up is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are listening and you're like, "What is me without you?" Me without you is a band. Uh, I would, I think, you know, if you were to put go into iTunes and type them in, it would probably say post hardcore, alternative uh, and punk, alternative and punk kind of <laughs> is genre, what iTunes right? says to everything. Yeah, it is. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. I, I, I think calling them post-hardcore is probably that's the most the most. Yeah, they are definitely, especially like in the newer wave <laughs> of post-hardcore. Like yeah. even the bands that were calling themselves the wave, like La Dispute and Touche Amore, like were very much influenced by Me Without You. Totally. So or at me least early fans. Me Without You. Um, and if you've not heard of them like you're not you're 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 not alone um <laughs> they are one of those bands that uh so so i just uh nat referenced my t-shirt i just saw them it was borderline a sold out show here at a venue that i saw refused at at a venue i saw deaf heaven at at a venue i've seen um god i so many bands at so this is not like an obscure underground bands but it is also a band that's not like if you if you don't dig into past the top 40 you're never going to encounter this band right they only made Um, it to the top 163 (laughs) which i learned today for maybe the second time (laughs) and it blew my mind um so and they are also a band that uh was on two uh two records who uh were famous uh, on on the Cornerstone circuit. Yeah, they were like I'm trying the, to think they were the this. band to see at Cornerstone for a lot of years. Well, but I'm trying to think how to explain what even Tooth and Nail is. Tooth and Nail <laughs> is a Christian record. <laughs> Did I just say- <laughs> no? I choked on my beer and my sour ale. My sour like, chocolate. Let me trying to explain it to you. No, Tuesday a Christian, label, right? Yeah, they're a, it's a record label, and they were, uh, and this is where Nat's going to know him. Like a but Christian I think they were Christian, they're a Christian punk label, and they were the best game in town yeah. in the in the two thousands for getting this stuff out there. To, so much so that many bands who weren't necessarily uh, Protestant or evangelical 
Uh, I, yeah, because I, I think you could be Catholic and be punk. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think they like Catholics on the label. No, I like uh, I like the. I what like are you gonna the, do? Scream about the body, body becoming the, the I, tra- no, transfiguration. I, I like what you said first. Where Catholics can't be punk. There's no such thing as a Catholic punk band. Uh, they're not allowed. Um, and so <laughs> I know. I, I know some. I know some pretty. Listeners. I know some pretty punk rock Catholics actually. <laughs> so tooth nail record label. Bands, they put them out. They're Christian. Yeah. You can go to the MXPX. you can go to Dixon's. You can go to yeah. the Christian bookstore, <laughs> and you can be like, "Mom, I want to listen to punk rock." And she can be like, "Well, at least hey, they're singing person, about Jesus." Person Sorry. behind the counter, what? What? Do you have anything that sounds like a Green Day? And they're like, "Yes, MXPX." And we've referenced on this show a bunch of times how there was a very famous thing to have a one to one comparison of <laughs> of secular and Christian, whatever. Yeah. Cornerstone, uh, Nat mentioned, is a Christian music uh, festival. But again, Christian, I can't put enough loose quotes around that when yeah. we're describing this is not like the 700 Club or uh, TBN or, or something. Right. So, and, yeah. And all we, I have to say, yeah. Me Without Use a Band, they put out a bunch of records. They're about 20. Well, the band they're, itself might be older than 20 years, but their stuff, their first the record debut I think, was is about 19 20, years old. Uh, no, it was 21, I believe. I oh, think wow. I'm pretty sure that A to B came out in. Oh, no, I think A to B came I out think in it was 2002. 2003. 2002. So it's 20 okay. years this year. So that's. that's I believe they've been like a band the, since the, 99, though. Generic, bland history of, okay, why why are you two dinguses on and on about <laughs> some post hardcore band, whatever? Uh, and the reason that is going to probably uh, blow everybody's socks off with this is that that their fans are rabid, and Nat is Nat is one of those I'm the fans. Most. And it's it's they've meant a lot to a lot yeah. of people, and I'm not one of those people. I'm a person who listened to some of their songs over over the years. Like I owned a couple of their records. I owned the first two records, but they never. They were always like, oh, I see like what an, they're doing and I like it, yeah. but it never hooked me. It never like got in my veins in a way mm-hmm. where I understand that. I don't know. Thursday I, yeah. or something did. I definitely understand that. And I will also say, Me That You is probably, um, they probably have the highest <clears throat> ratio of like people who, who, people for whom they are their favorite band mm-hmm. against people who have heard of them. Totally. Like they are, I can think of very few bands who have never like had any sort of mainstream moment that have such a devoted and enduring fan base. Uh, when, when people talk about cult bands, it's like mm-hmm. to the extreme. I don't know of very many mm-hmm. bands mm-hmm. that are even, cause like even guided by voices had some hits, even like, you know, Grateful Dead's in a whole other thing on its own, but like there is something. And even something like Grateful Dead, everyone knows the name. Everyone knows who Grateful Dead is. Yeah, yeah they have a Ben and Jerry's flavor on the car, and they go, "Okay, yeah, yeah, is. yeah." But like, yeah. Whereas me without you, most people go, "Huh." Yeah, it's and it's also like one of the things. It is a very acquired taste. <laughs> I'll say there are very few bands you, like so I often You you're not you're not wrong no. like I cuz I've been inhaling them uh in prep for this show in in my brain because we were talking about music being jarring and I'm going 
oh man he's such a good vocalist like in yeah. my head i'm like he's such a good vocalist and i was like oh this is that thing where yeah <laughs> to yeah me he's a good vocalist but if you were to put him on in like his greens people would be like what the hell i actually i have some new without you songs in our in our pre-service playlist at church and no one's complained yet um i get some i get some like hey man that's cool every once in a while but like they're definitely like i have a lot of people who like come to me for like music recommendations and they are my favorite band of all time and it is not a close race oh that is not a close race um I almost never, if anybody's hmm. like, hey, give me some music, I almost never. I mean, to I anybody who's not, to anybody who's not already in like punk and hardcore and stuff like that, almost yeah. never will I say, oh yeah, you should listen to me without you. Cause it is a, <laughs> yeah. it is a very distinct thing. Well, and, and it's also sort of buckling up for, um, lyrically, it's buckling up lyrically, for yes. something like, um, it's it's you're you're gonna go on a journey. So he has gonna, a PhD. You know, he had a master's when the band started, or was getting a master's. The, the lead singer, the lead Aaron Weiss is the lead singer, uh, who I will state right now is not the main event. Like he gets all the attention. The entire band is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky Mazzotta is the drummer. Is one of the best drummers I've ever seen. The guitarists have some of the like freshest licks i've ever heard in punk rock they they've had a few bassists and they are all excellent bassists like it is the way that the music's crafted is incredible on its own and then you have aaron weiss who is maybe the best lyricist of all time in my opinion Mm -hmm. um he's certainly the most like technically poetic i would say there's there's the i I can agree because when I listen to their music, I go, he's saying stuff that I should, I should. Yeah. And so I will say, cause you Uh. said the first two records, (laughs) you had mentioned that you had the first two, you had the first two CDs and they didn't really grab you. I bought. Like I liked them, but I can't tell you the end tracks because I probably never made it to the end. Sure. Uh, So I bought A to B Life at the bookstore at the church camp I grew up going to. The church camp where Lauren and I met. So Brown, we, Brown City Camp, Brown we, something, yeah. we owe this podcast to Brown City Camp. Uh, so at <laughs> least, <laughs> but so it was like on sale. It was like seven bucks or something. And I'd seen them on like a tooth and I'd seen them on the tooth and nail website. They look quirky, yeah. like their photos, they were like dressed like Amish and stuff like that. It was like, it was weird. I was like, yeah. Who are these guys? This is weird. And so they had a unique look. I bought it because I, and I had heard maybe mm-hmm. a track mm-hmm. or two. I had downloaded Gentleman for sure, which is like definitely their like scene track. Mm-hmm. Bought it and I took it to my friend Danny Severance's trailer and they, I listened to it while they played Euchre. I hate Euchre. I've always hated Euchre. And so it's, uh, you got to learn it if you're from the tri-state. I area. have tried to learn it and I hate it still. I hated it more once I learned it. Um, but so I was, they were, some other friends were playing Euchre and we were listening to the CD and I had, I was just sitting off the sides with the lyrics and I'm listening to it and I'm like, I don't like this. Whoa, really? But this, like what I'm reading right now is oh. incredible. Huh. So like I didn't I like was his, not expecting this. No, twist. I did not like them when I first heard them. 
I bought okay. the Blames Give Us Barabbas at the same time, which is also like a similarly shouty band. Uh, they're very much so. If you would, if the if Focus on the Family had any idea who Fugazi <laughs> was, the Blamed would be next to Fugazi on those charts. Um, uh, what's his name? Doctor Doctor James Dobson. <laughs> Doctor James. If Doctor James Dobson knew who Fugazi was, um, doctor. Yeah, which is also I have, I don't know, which is also interesting because like me without you also just on that first record and Jay Robbins from Jawbox was producing it, and so mm-hmm. they had like he was bringing some of that Discord sound in there, and they are like very influenced by like they said they've said they grew up. Grow- listening to Jawbox and Burning Airlines and bands like that. And like, it is re- still remarkable to me, like hearing that album and then how many other people were hear that same album and say, it sounds like a Fugazi ripoff. I'm like, mm. are you, are you kidding? <laughs> Cause like there are maybe some elements. No. Ian McKay doesn't yelp. And I think so much of their sound is the, the, it's the, the talk. Yeah. They were like the talk core, like where that started. I don't talk know. Core. I like that. I, I don't know if like they were the first band to do that, but they were the first, certainly the first one to gain notoriety. And like in a meaningful way. So I don't know who they were. It was also interesting because I remember someone, I read one review that compared them to the talking heads. And I, I think because, because he had like that talky sort of like preachy, not preachy in that like spirituality, but like, and like as a like passionate diatribe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I like, Bought a, <laughs> bought attacking heads record, not knowing like who they were, and then I was like, it was speaking in tongues. I'm like, this doesn't sound anything like me without you. What are they talking about? <laughs> but, it was like, oh, this is the band that does burning down the house. That doesn't sound like me without you. Um, but no, so I like had this CD, and I am not necessarily enjoying what I'm hearing. There are elements of it that I really liked, but like mm-hmm. for the most part, I wasn't into it and Mm. then i was was not expecting that but i but i was looking at the lyrics as i was listening to it i'm like there is something here though yeah there's something here that is worth diving into and so i like listened to it several more times like trying to for almost force myself to get into it i mean i've done that Especially as a young person, when you, yeah. the world is everything you're hearing is for the first time. You know, yeah. the first time I heard Radiohead, I didn't like it, and you, yeah. you're trying to figure out. Well, which Radiohead song was it? What you know, uh, Karma Police, I think, was the first one I heard, and okay. I was like, "This is kind of that boring. might be, yeah, that might and be kind of mediocre." I, I love that yeah. song, but anyways, right. as of as a first, I taste, get that though. Mine like was, you're trying mine to was, force yeah. yourself to to. Okay, and, what's the deal here? And it's not even that I had other people in my life that knew who they were and loved them that I was like, oh, I should like this band. Yeah. It was like, I recognized that there is something of value in the lyrics and I was mm-hmm. determined to suss it out and to create a harmony there with what I was hearing and what I was reading. And I think where I got really lucky <laughs> is that my girlfriend broke up with me. Uh-huh. A few weeks after that. Okay. And A to B Life is the best breakup album of all time. Okay. It's a pretty dang, pretty dang good breakup album. I told that to Aaron one time when I talked to him after his show, and he said, well, there was a lot of that going on at that time. 
<laughs> I mean, they couldn't have been, what, more than 21, 22 when that came out? They look, uh, at, well, they if, look only three years older than me, if that, if that. Well, if the song January 1979 is to be believed, then he is currently 43. If okay, that, is okay. that 70? Or is that, wait, is wait. that, is that math right? Sure. I'm, 2022. I'm not here to do math. Minus 1979 equals 43. 43. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There okay. you go. Well, he even says, he even says that he's 27 in Brother Sister. There's a song where he says that. Um, I, I was going to like get into a little bit, like we talk about it or talk around it on this podcast a lot about uh, both of our r- religious journeys or both the very yeah. different places from where we started and we're both the different places from each other. Yeah, uh, but we have a, a hope, a healthy respect for for each other. Yeah. and the I didn't realize why, but after junior high, after early high school, anything remotely Christian, and I was still a very, I mean, I went to master's commission, which I would gladly state, I think, is a cult, uh, a Christian cult. Um. I was still very much a believer trying to make a belief, but I was also yeah. like allergic to anything that I thought was manufactured. I don't know. I didn't want, yeah. I didn't want the, the commerce cr- side of it. I didn't want the Christian Fugazi. I wanted Fugazi. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> right. like, well, um, boy, do I have good news about me without you then. <laughs> and so they don't sound like Fugazi. I got obsessed with you know, emo, hardcore, post-hardcore, and so Glassjaws, yeah. both jo- the first two Glassjaw records, and worship uh, and tribute. Uh, that was it for me. Those Man. those two records are incredible. And uh, and Thursday, uh, their first. Well, I'm really I'm going to say three. Their first three because their third record came out right before I heard me without you. So when I finally hear me without you, is A to B life. We were in a car and we were driving. We were in a van. We were driving to Chicago. Uh, I was in said uh, aforementioned uh, weird Christian cult, and it was all the emo kids in the cult were driving uh, to Chicago to go to uh, uh, Tooth and Nail uh, like tour. Like it was a Tooth and Nail tour with a bunch of Tooth and Nail bands, and Amberlynn was the headliner. Oh God! And I just kind of. I didn't even really like any of the bands on there. Let it let it be known that the official <laughs> position of this podcast is that Anne Berlin sucks. I that's don't, the official position on the podcast. I don't talk. You don't have mean, to tiptoe around it. I don't talk mean <laughs> about a lot of vocalists. I he is don't one of my like least, Anne at all. He is one of my oh, least man. liked vocalists. Like I just cannot stand. <laughs> I cannot. That's how it sings. I even then, like people would be like, oh, "It's good," and I'm like. Okay, no, the music is like okay, pop punk emo, Decently whatever. Mediocre, and then, but then he sings generic. and it's bad. Hey, so we're on the so van. We're, we're on the way there, and someone puts on a, a bullet to binary. Yeah, and I was like, okay, like this is my jam. And then we saw them live, and they got up there, and uh, Louise Singer Aaron was wearing a, a, a parka, like a. Big thick parka. No, were they not all wearing parkas at this? I point? I think they might have all been wearing parkas. Okay, what year remember. was this? I can pinpoint uh, oh, it. Oh three. Yeah, so they would have Fall all been out wearing parkas. They probably just came from Cornerstone, They're where they all um, played, all wore parkas. And he gets up there outside, and he's got this parka on, and he's got the hood up. 
and they get up there and they play and I remember thinking that they were really good. I also remember thinking that their sound kind of sucked, like right I was already a critic then. I was like, <laughs> you guys got to get your mix your mix better. He sweat like just crazy. Yeah. I was like, sir, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. take this parka off. You don't need to do this. Um and so I got the record at the show and I proceeded to like it kind of, but I just was always like, oh, this is in my brain, I put them into the yeah. litany of a million bands that were copying off of Thursday and Glassjaw. And there were a million bands. And I'm sure they themselves would be like, we were fans of those bands. I'm sure they, they were. But- I saw them tour with Thursday. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then when, when the second record came out, I with remember minus digging, the bear. Digging, uh, digging that some of that. But it, it just never... From there, and then part of my deconstruction and, and moving away from yeah. things, I just was very much like, you are in the bin of history. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't carry you along with me. And you've, yeah. you've always been someone, and I've brought my friend Miguel uh, before on this, where you don't, you, you, you're very good about keeping in touch, in a sense, with your, your interests. Whereas I am, um, very willing to let the, I mean, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. But I'm willing to be like, sorry, Get you're a clean cut. cut. You're yeah. Like, nope. Like we, we are done with this now. Uh, I am a mature man now and I no longer am going to listen to me without you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want their, uh, yeah, I don't know where they stand on many issues and I'm just going to clean cut here. And so right. then I, I kind of robbed myself of, of liking them for, or for, for enjoying. Cause I do think that they are a very good band. Um, but that's my, that's honestly my brief history. And the reason why I'm yammering on about that is cause I think, you know, that's it for me. Yeah. Uh, and then you saw them this Tuesday. And then I saw them Tuesday. And my, my wife, very similar background as me. I think she did like them more. Oh, so she, she oh, was she here. liked them more than you did. She was here and she when, wanted to. When I she and I were her. dating, when she and I were dating, <laughs> me without you was our love language. I that wanted was to bring how we communicated her on the to one show, another. Uh, to talk about the time you got her in trouble for going to a me without you show. Uh, <laughs> She's like, she's like, I, wanna, I still have some of those letters. She's, she's like, I want to, um, I want to go. She's like, I want to tell the story on the show. And I was like, okay, yeah, do it. and then she chickened out. She chickened oh, out. Oh, I can she tell left. the story. She, then. I can tell yeah, the story she, then. she went to some sort of show. Her mom, I don't know. So, okay, here is what happened. Band. Here is no, here is what happened. It was a small or something. No, it, it was. Because they weren't playing, this was a Christian band, but they weren't playing churches, right? Like bands, no, they no, still no. Played we saw them in a bar. Venues. Yeah, they still yeah, played we regular saw them in venues. a bar. And they were, I'm actually currently reading the book, uh, All the Clever Lines on Pages, which is a memoir by a guy named Paul Harrison. And the long story short is that he was contemplating suicide. And as a fan of Me Without You, I think talked to him after a show or sent him an email or something. And Aaron took a very genuine interest in him and like they started correspondence. And so it's sort of half like this personal memoir of his plus like an oral history of the band and like how the bands progressed and how Aaron's beliefs progressed in his own. Cause Aaron is, you know, if we're talking about deconstruction, I mean, Aaron Weiss yeah, sure kickstarted my own reexamination. Like he was yeah. the first voice within, I would say like quote unquote Christian media mm-hmm. that I saw criticizing the Bush administration yeah. that I saw criticizing like the rampant commercialism 
of the Christian media market. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like there was a bit where he when you, would, when he Christianity would speak- in, Oh, or the turn, the two thousands and the nineties, Christianity meant, uh, we evangelical Christianity meant Republican. It meant Republican. It meant like adventures in odyssey. Like, it meant a donut man. <laughs> these are, <laughs> these are all like, the Adventures in Odyssey and Donut Man are both like Christian based children's entertainment. Yeah, um, it, uh, but like it, salty, um, salty. Who was a, a hymnal with arms and legs? Bible Man was another one. Bible Man came and did it, a show at our but, church one time. Yeah, like to look. If you're listening and you're like. I don't relate. That's totally fine. Yeah, 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 and there's yeah. plenty of Christians who, uh, not just not just Catholics, but Protestants who come from a different kind of background who didn't get yeah. ushered, didn't get wrapped wrapped up in this. But the 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 overwhelming the white, the movement, most, the, per, the predominantly white evangelical conservative yeah, movement, the, the TBN, and, which was a, yes. the 700 Club, was you. You have to vote. There was no. What do you mean? You're there voting no, Republican. Yeah, there this was is the no first time. Room. I mean, I went through this. The first time you meet someone who is like, I love Jesus and I read the Bible and I'm a Christian and I disagree with George W. Bush's yeah. invasion of Iraq. You're what? It, it was yeah. just you're like, oh, you're a sin- you're a sinner. What? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. I just yeah, want to give context a, for listeners who maybe right. didn't grow up in that bubble. And also, Nathaniel South, uh, you just like send me a message. <laughs> we will underwrite your therapy session for opening some of those wounds. Uh, we'll we'll put we'll, it on uh, the company card. We'll put it on the company card. Yeah, that uh, you know all of our Patreon subscribers are. Yeah, and then one I of bought, these days I would, bought my <laughs> me without you tickets on the company card. On, on the company card, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you for your subscriptions, uh, everyone who is subscribed to the Patreon. Someday, someday somebody will be listening. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to try to keep that joke running as long as possible without you knowing that we actually have a Patreon. That's my goal, is once we have one. Once we have one that you will not know because I've been joking about it so much. I don't, I don't want, I don't. <laughs> Patreon freaks me out, man. Anyways, Give, so, yes, so join my, our top tier if you want me to keep pranking Jesse about <laughs> whether or not we have a Patreon. So I want to kind of pivot and turn this into a little bit more of interview of 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 you. I want to ask. I want to. <laughs> oh, hear I got to tell the story of. of oh, uh, t- yes. I'm see, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I love me without you. Lauren loves me without you. We are together and. Uh, we find out that Mia thought you was coming through Detroit. It's like a 45 minute drive from her house. We're mm-hmm. like, all right, I'll come up. We will go see me without you, whatever. And it'll be and, great. And coming and so up we went, for you is like an hour, two hours, uh, two and a half, three. Oh, okay. Okay. Somewhere in there. Depending so on how, drive, how fast you drive. I feel like Lauren made it. I feel like Lauren made it in an hour 45 one time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she, you know, I you know what she up. said. Wait, wait, you know what she said to me the other night. She said we we're gonna we're leaving the movies. And I said, "Can you drive?" And she says, "No, I don't like to drive at night." And I looked at her, and she goes, "It makes me nervous." And I said, "You're 34." I was like, "You're not allowed to be." I'm nervous about driving at night. Yet. No, and so yeah, thank you. She used to drive like a bat out of hell. 
Yeah, I think I think her average speed was 110 to get to make that time. <laughs> uh, she also got in a car accident on the way home one time from visiting me, uh, but that was because of black ice. That wasn't because of her irresponsibility. Uh, but no, so we went it and we went with uh, our friend Kara, and we stopped by Kara's house and like you know like printed out directions to the which is like this is pre iphone pre gps yeah, we yeah. had to get to we had to go to map you quest. To print out map yeah, map quest directions yes and actually you know what this was right after they got in their accident coming home from visiting me okay. and so Kara is driving and she's driving like 45 miles an hour on the freeway <laughs> and people are like honking at her and wanna. I'm like, Kara, you can speed up a little bit. She's like, I'm worried about the ice. I'm like, it is April. <laughs> it is not that cold. You never know in Michigan. You might get right. a Oh, absolutely. Ice. No, I actually got, I, uh, I had a three hour drive from a town on, hour away once on like a late April show because it started blizzarding while we got to the venue. (laughs) Uh, But that's, that's the lake effect, baby. Um, But no, so after the show we go and we actually have to leave early. Uh, I'm so disappointed. We, we didn't catch all of their set. Also, Aaron came so mad when I had to leave shows early because I got to see like four of Thursday's (sighs) songs when they opened or they were the headliner and my friend's like, well, my dad has, says I have to be home at 11 and so uh, whatever. And so like Thursday gets up at like 1045 and then I'm like, okay, can I walk her to, and this was in Pontiac, which and it was not a great area. And I said, like, can I walk her to the car? And they're like, no, no remittance. And I'm like, come on. Jeez. And so I, I was a good yeah. boy and I left Thursday. Uh, man. But yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we went and uh, so like, this was just after catch for us, the foxes came out and it was, it was so wild. Like it was a great show. Like it was spellbinding to me, but then, um, we had to leave early. So I, we, we went, was this and a we parents dropped. thing? Like you had to get I home. I think so. Yeah. Kara's parents wanted her home. Yeah. Kara's okay. parents wanted her home. And so we went and it was Kara's dad's house, I believe. Yeah. So we went and I met back up there. And then I believe that I had, so I just got in my car and Lauren actually hand wrote the map quest directions because the printer was out of <laughs> ink and it was like the most cared for I'd ever been in my life. I I'd ever felt in my life. I was like, this is, I can see this her is doing nice. this. She's, I yeah. mean, it makes sense. She's a project manager now and right, runs right. a tight ship. Yeah. So she like wrote step-by-step map quest instructions. And then I drove home. I got home probably around four o'clock. My parents knew the deal. Like, yeah, right. you're going to Detroit to see a band you love and you yeah. just be yeah. safe. And I'll be home late. Yeah. They knew the deal. Yeah. Um, I got a phone call from Lauren the next day that said, hey, so I'm going to be grounded from the phone and internet. So like we're in a long distance relationship, like that kind of complicates things. And I'm like, we can write letters, whatever. And so like we did write letters. I still have some of them. Um, but apparently what had happened was that it was the whole thing where like she told her parents she was spending the night at Kara's and Kara uh, told her mom she was spending the night at Lauren's. 
instead of just going through the hassle of can I go see this band? And so it was. Uh, I've never. So it was like I, a month. I well, like it was never, actually. I will correct this. It was like a week of not talking to her and just having letters until she called me one day. I was like, oh yeah, my mom said I can use the house phone. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, the house. What but a, yeah, what but yeah so we got, so we got grounded um, for, uh, well, I didn't get grounded. I was a good, I was a yeah, good Christian boy, but uh, Lauren definitely got grounded for going to see me without I, you. Parents, if you're, my parents are listening, I did not, <laughs> I genuinely Dude, I was such a good kid. I was such a good teen. I did not lie. Like, I can't... I never... Because I just knew that they would know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just My, like, somehow yeah. the Lord is going to tell them <laughs> that I'm lying. So I would just always be like, hey, I want to go to a thing. And once I once I was able to drive, I mean, it was very rare right, that they would right. say no because I was going to concerts and stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, like... <laughs> I was such a good kid, man. I yeah. should have done so much more. Yeah. <laughs> I should have yeah, been, my... been a really bad kid if I wanted to. <laughs> I was a good kid to the point that once my sisters and stepsisters got mad at me, not for like ratting on them or like anything like that, but just that like I wasn't trying to break the rules and they were. Stopping a narc. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm I'm not a narc. Like I I wasn't gonna tell on them or anything like that. It's just oh, like but you wouldn't participate in. I it wouldn't participate. Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna do that. And like, like that's your sin. That's not that's <laughs> right. Like, that's between you and the Lord. I'm not getting my I'm not getting my way in there. But um, but yeah. So the weird man. I'm trying to figure out how to have this conversation because see. So I do, I do want to say real briefly because you you did see them after yeah. not listening to them for a long time. Yeah, and then yesterday you said you texted me that you were listening to brother sister uh-huh. and felt like you were on the cusp of loving me without you. Yeah, and I would love I would love to know what was it <laughs> uh, about Tuesday night that made you feel that way. Well, the one I, I've I've kind of always felt that way uh just through knowing you and then um my other friend rob that I, I mentioned to you um another super fan and guess what very similar background as us <laughs> who'd have thought um and so yeah there's i like everything about me without you if I sat down and I read the lyrics in Dovin mm-hmm. and spent the time I know it would hook me there's a um god i've thought about this so i've thought about this so much over the past couple of days what there is an earnestness that i'm uncomfortable mm. with sure it scares me as a consumer of arts i will say <laughs> yeah. and so i like uh i'm not afraid of depression i'm not afraid of anxiety i'm not afraid of people exploring these things obviously um there is like a naked unashamed yes. earnestness in what Aaron is doing in the band. I should just say the whole band, but you know, yeah. he's the, the, the driver of the lyrics and all that. I will, I will say having just read a relevant passage of all the clever lines on pages that not the whole band has always been on board. Okay. So, so it, it, 
it feels like seeing someone work out something in public that they should maybe do in private. And I, I want to be very yes. clear. I'm not, yes. uh, I'm all, I, I don't want to be like, Oh, like how dare you write yeah. deep and, songs about your feelings. Obviously, no, 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 I don't no. feel that way. No, 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 no. But it's just so exposed. And he's clearly yeah. having such like a frenzy. And I think it's this like thing where I am too close or was particularly too close to that of working on yeah. my own faith and sure. everything. And I was like, I can't. I need to listen to like I can I can take on Modest Mouse's anxiety because right because Isaac <laughs> Brock like that was the other really big album for me that year when the if you heard this was Goodness for People of Bad News yeah because his in, in his in, is uh, his anxiety is about heroin I don't know what that's yeah like. <laughs> and it's and it's and it's I relate so much with the lyrics but I am not relating with uh you know he's not working out his salvation with fear and trembling like sure, I was sure sure whereas in the case of me without you they were or they are or whatever and it was just it was too it was like too much I was like uh, no no in 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 let's get real deep let's get real psychological I think some of this stems from you know a little bit of self-hate a little bit of mm. me not wanting to be me me going this is too much like you. Sure. No, you need to go be listening to Bruce Springsteen or you need to go whatever. <laughs> this is you need to go do this other stuff because you're not that. You know, you're not these other things and you want to be these other things. So go do that. Whereas if you keep listening to me without you, you're just gonna kinda oral boros yourself. You're just gonna keep sure. whatever. Sure. And so I backed away. Yeah. So that's my brief kind of probably why I didn't dive into them and why I think maybe now that I'm older and a little more secure in who I am could uh, you know, take that journey. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. Hope that and made be, any sense? It does. It it did. And if you are planning on moving on further than brother sister in their discography, which <laughs> which you should, I have I have some. Uh, I mean, they've got what I, six six records or something. That's not that seven. seven. It's not too big of an ask. No, the thing is, no, no, is, no. is for me nowadays, and we've mentioned this before. Guess what? Like when yeah. I'm programming, I was trying to listen to him today while I was programming at work, and I was like, <laughs> no, no. Like he's screaming about like, like he is the he is the yeah. wine, and you are the wine glass, or something. And I was like, I, I, I was once the wine, and you were the imagery, wine glass. Yeah, I was like, yeah. This biblical imagery and is me trying is it to just do a metaphor? Like, brain math you know like like I think, programming I math i need yeah. i gotta i can't do this right now i think that's just a metaphor <laughs> it probably is but i don't think maybe it's something in song of songs a lot of yes biblical. yes yes which is a reason like, why it's oh not scotch God. in the cask i'll say yeah. it. The reason why it's like, you know <laughs> scotch sure. in the cask like anyways i remember that was the, when, that was the most that yeah. was the most e-girl oh my god i've ever heard uh, no, because I'm remembering, like, look, going through like the reviews of A to B Life on innerpunk.com after I got the CD. And people are like, I don't say what everybody says is such a good lyricist. He just like talks about the Bible. Oh, yeah. Let's use like a 3,000 year old book as inspiration. <laughs> Real original. No. Uh, Which, like, Aaron Weiss will be the first person to be like, Nope, I steal everything. <laughs> so he is you know, all very self-deprecating as a human being. I don't care. And where, also very referential about everything. Okay, so I don't, I don't I care also, who you are. The Bible is an important book. 
I don't care who you are. Like whatever your faith, whatever your you, journey, yes, whatever you cannot ignore a tent pole the, on the cultural. Planet. Yes, you cannot <laughs> ignore the cultural impact that the Bible yeah. has had through yeah. society. Yeah, you know it just that's is. just the way it is. For better, for worse, for its literary. Oh. I think its literary contributions are probably richer than uh, when people are trying to make it uh, legal contributions. I think mm-hmm. that's where, that's where we're getting into a lot of trouble. Um, but no, so it's, and I will also say his, his references get so much more dense as it goes on. Mm-hmm. And so um, the later albums, I basically cannot understand a word of what he's saying mm-hmm. without having gone through the annotations on mm-hmm. Genius. I love uh, which genius. Are, yes. So it, there's actually like an official, like an official annotation that mm. has gone through for the last so they few did records. The, like green because artists we, can make their own and then annotate their own stuff. I think what it green. was is they had an annotated thing that someone uploaded. Okay. But yeah, but so like there is one. So on pale horses in particular, every lyric is like a reference to something else. So like he was reading a lot of. Uh, Dostoevsky. He was uh, re- he was doing his PhD at the time and like referencing things there. And his father had just passed, and there are things there. And it's like all these things. And you said like you you know about his like naked uh, working things out. I know so much about Aaron's life, not because I'm a super fan, but because I have just listened to his music mm-hmm. and believed mm-hmm. him. I have listened, like I know that he was in love with a girl named Amanda for many years who yeah. he tried to marry for the first three albums <laughs> or first two albums, at least. And, and like, I and know there's something about what he does. That's different than even like what river Kumo does. Yeah. on uh, Pinkerton. Yes. It's a, it's a very different the lore of Pinkerton. You know, that you yeah. fell in love with a Japanese girl, but like it just doesn't, it feels different. I don't, I don't know who she is <laughs> yeah. and you're kind of creepy yeah. but like with, with Aaron. It's like, and you meant when we were texting about the book earlier that mm-hmm, I was reading, mm-hmm. you said like, so this guy was he like a fan that worked his way into a friend or whatever. And I was like, yeah, like he emailed him and Aaron responded. I'm like, and you were like, that's very poor boundaries, <laughs> which I think I, is I, probably, I didn't, I didn't say poor boundaries, but no, I, I said like, I said one, that's not sustainable mm-hmm. and two, like, Cool, like good, right. good for this guy. Good for Aaron. This thing but has worked out. But also, um, I have yeah. to wonder if, if, and again, I, I w- and he, there's a, there's yeah. a, there's a non-zero chance that that me without you actually listen to this podcast. So I want to be careful. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm friends with Greg Jahanian on Facebook. We'll see so, if you do. Non-zero then. chance. So if you do, Greg, say hi and please can the cover album that the cover compilation that some friends and I are working on be posted on Bandcamp. We need written permission now because now they suddenly <laughs> care about their terms and conditions now that they have been purchased now by Epic owned Games. By Fortnite. Um <laughs> They're owned by Fortnite. No, they're owned by Epic Games. Whoa. <laughs> which is which like what? 90% of the revenue comes from Fortnite. Um It's like saying that Microsoft uh, Teams is owned by Halo. <laughs> But Microsoft has a lot of dough outside of Halo. They do, right. Uh, 
God, yeah. uh, where was where was my brain going? Yeah, yeah. Brain, where were you going? My brain was going somewhere. Um, uh, I lost it. I lost it. I oh, forgot. All right. Anyways, you said you had an angle. I'm interested oh. in hearing what the angle is. No, my angle <laughs> is I am curious. So we kind of started down this path, but uh, we grew up liking a lot of the same music. What is it yeah. about? Me without you, and you've hinted at this a bit already. But why, mm-hmm. why them being the super favorite band? Why, what flipped the bit for you in a way that uh, I'll name a few in their circle uh, from Autumn to Ashes or oh, Thursday <laughs> or uh, you know uh, Atreyu or whatever. Like what? What about me without you flipped the bit for you to go, I am a super fan and they're my favorite band? It maybe took a little while for me to recognize that they were my favorite band. Um, I was probably in maybe college before I uh, would like have claimed that. Hmm. Um, And I will say no small part of that was sort of ushered in and like pushed down by the fact that I had so many people telling me all the time I looked like Aaron. And Uh-oh. so it's like, <laughs> okay. So like, and if you, if you see pictures of me at the time, like it is true. Like there are not a lot of other, uh, swarthy bearded shaggy haired <laughs> lead singers. There was one video, one live video in particular without a beard. I think you shaved and posted on Facebook once, but like you've always had a beard since I've known you. Yeah. So in high school, the girl that the my, the girlfriend that broke up with me right a few weeks after I got in got this CD, she made me shave like twice a day because she didn't want me to have like any stubble at all, and I grow a beard like that seems problematic. I'm to, <laughs> Please change man. your. <laughs> yeah. No. It was like a. Honestly, though, it was kind of like I should have just been like, I'll just shave after school. That would be Uh, that would be. Yeah. Um, But so I stopped shaving after we broke up. So the beard was the beard was a a middle finger in a way. uh, It was it was not as much a middle finger as much as it was a. I don't have to do this anymore. It was, it maybe started there. (laughs) It maybe started as a middle finger. I will say I was too kind at the time to say it was a middle finger. You have always been too kind. And I mean that in the (laughs) nicest way. Like you are the, one of the most kindest. I'm, I like to think I'm pretty kind. And there are times where I'm like, Oh, I could bully Nat if I wanted to. Well, you know, the fruit of the spirit ain't a cherry. So, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but you are but, you are one of the kindest people. You really well, are. thank you. I uh, okay. Let's make it um, awkward. But yeah, but no. So like you know, like why being do you like me without you? Get back to that. <laughs> yeah. Why so you like it that was band? being in this space where like I already have this album that is very much speaking, and and I'll say like I got this CD in. 2004, like summer of 2004 is when I got 
A to B life. And oh, so ca- I might have heard and seen them before you. Ah, uh, so catch for us the foxes. Who's the super fan? Now? Ooh, I don't know. Um, that would be my friend Andrea, who claims to have been the first person to give Aaron a bouquet of flowers, and that's where the Aaron having flowers everywhere started from. That's what she claims. I did not. I don't think believe that was, her. I did not think that was the B word you were going to say. curious now like a baguette yeah that's the other word i was thinking of (laughs) um andrea also when i met her was like oh yeah i was talking to my friend who we saw you in the dining commons and we said oh yeah that guy looks like aaron and so it was like a a few things happening at the time so like Especially when, so I had just gotten them and I was showing some friends at youth group and then the video for January 1979 comes out and he has a beard and a similar haircut to what I had at the time. Mm -hmm. And my friend John Papaleo was like, hey, did you see this video? He looks just like you. So like there's Mm. this weird thing like because I had so much of, I'm not going to say so much of my identity was wrapped up in this relationship but I have I have come to recognize years later that it was an an emotionally abusive relationship. There, it was completely unhealthy and toxic, and I was like completely unmoored, uh, sure. as like as an identity. Like I didn't know who I was, whatever. And so, like to be coming out of this with this album that meant a whole lot to me, and then having everybody say. Oh, you also look like him. You are him. This is like a thing. And so like there was a a pretty bit I'm not going to say a conflation like I wasn't confused. They're like, "Oh yeah, I'm Aaron Weiss." It's just like, "Oh, here is someone that is like me, that has emotions like me. I am going to take him seriously. I am you, going you know to take that, him at his word." Do you know who that was for me? Matthew Lillard. <laughs> I, I do. Look, I know. I look a lot like Matthew. Lord. No, it was uh, it was Ryan Adams. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I still love the man. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for him. But that'll mess yep. you up. Hopefully, yep. hopefully, you yep. don't have to watch Aaron Weiss uh, get a New York Times up uh, New York <laughs> Times investigation written about him. Oh yeah, I've seen enough of my friends who Jesse Lacey was there more was was their circle point. Um, but no, Just, so Jesse Lacey, like, lead singer, brand new. For this lead singer, brand new, who is real creepy. He's the bad Jesse. We yeah, just just look it up on wiki or time. something. Yeah, that Anyways, was bad news. Uh, so, so, um, so you're, but yeah, and so it was of whatever. You're, so you're twenty already. Yeah, and so then and you're Catch like, Rest I look like this guy and I love the music. And no, I am seventeen. Cow. Oh, I am seventeen, okay. maybe eighteen. And so he was like. And really, nobody, there was no band that sounded like me without you at that point. Because I, again, I, I, I made this statement that they sound, I said, oh, I just, they sound like a the, post hardcore yeah. band or whatever. I will be the first to say, they, they, they did have a distinct, unique sound. There yeah. were a million, there were a million from Autumn to Ashes. There were a million Atreus. There were a million when Sky Came Falling. Um, me without you sounded unique, but in my brain, yeah, right. Again, probably defense mechanism, probably whatever. We can we can get my shrink on here later. Uh, 
I just said, <laughs> oh, you guys are copying Glass John Thursday. Bye. Which you know, is the no. weirdest conflation. <laughs> if it's you're not. They do. Listen to when, uh, uh, what is it, Bullet to Binary? When that thing starts on, I'm like, you guys are listening to a lot of Thursday and Glass Jaw. Nope. They're listening to a lot of Burning Airlines, maybe, but. Uh, but no, but so that's what they say in the interviews. No one wants to say they're listening to the contemporary. <laughs> no, it, so does, you get it does sound you more like, like, well, sure. I listen to a little minor threat. Like you don't say like, I'm listening to spoon, um, but no. And so there, it there was no band that sounded like they sounded and, yeah. and the, <laughs> like a big I, part some, is the vocals. There's a big part is the vocals. And there are some reasons for that. They'll that get to later. And that was especially, nobody sounded like catch for us the foxes like it wasn't so you could maybe say that a to b life is a hardcore record you can maybe you can probably say that catch for us the foxes is like it gets into like indie rock and like sometimes like even like dub reggae there's a lot of like hip-hop influenced beats on it the guitars are very ambient throughout and then it still has like this shouted vocals, which like he had adjusted his vocal delivery at that point. But also there are more clean vocals. There are things like that. And that album was and remains like the only album that sounds like that. Mm-hmm. Like there have been yeah. so many bands that have tried to rip that album well, off and, and even- it does not work. I wanted to point out to you, sorry to interrupt. We even I, have a song. I, Spaceships has a song that is literally just a, instrumentally, is a Me Without You ripoff. That's fine. Um, <laughs> no, I, I the vocals so are whatever, different. I moved out to, moved out to SF and the, the default out here when you meet someone is not, oh, what church do you go to or whatever like <laughs> yeah. back home do you and think so, that's, the, that's the default where you live <laughs> that is the default that was oh, the man. default where i grew up like oh what church you go to because oh, um, you grew up in a christian school that's why yeah I grew up in a christian very christian environment and so here you meet people and you're like oh you're and the the backgrounds of folks out here are often very different than, than mine which i love um yeah and I have two dear friends who grew up uh, loving emo and, and hardcore and a lot of the same bands I did. And we all went to Riot Fest together. We had the Riot mm-hmm, Fest episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they both, I said, oh, we saw me without you the uh, last night. And they were both like, oh, I wish I would have known I loved that band in high school. Yeah. And these are, these are both people who were not raised at all going to church. Yes. Not all. Like they, but they were raised loving the post hardcore scene and whatever. And they are also fans of, you know, they're only chasing safety by oath and whatever. Those are these breakthrough records. Yes. And so in what I will say like, while, cause I misread a text that you said that said, (laughs) it sounded so mean when you misread it. And I was like, I "I think he went to sleep mad at me. (laughs) No, I woke up. I woke up mad at you uh, because I I was already asleep because time zones. Uh, But I misread a text thinking you said, man, these evangelicals are all up in their feels. You said these ex-evangelicals are all up in these feels. And like, yes, there is... To be, Most, I should have used a hyphen or something because it's one no, letter no, no, difference. No, no, it's, it's not. But I, I was, it was the first thing I read, and I was very tired. But um, and as soon as it was pointed out to me, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's as I reread it. Cool. But like, so there is a pretty massive contingent of people who are raised 
Christian in a religious environment. I want to correct that because I don't want to say in a religious environment as a shorthand for in a Christian environment because there are a lot of religious environments that are not Christian. We will get to the household of Aaron and Michael Weiss in a second. Um, But... In, well, in a specific are, kind of modernist American, right. yes. uh, underlying American yes. evangelical Christianity. There has always, though, been a pretty l- sizable subset of their fans that have been completely a-religious. Yeah, I. They are the because one... I don't think I think people are open to people working things out. In public, and I just talked about Aaron's vocals. Uh, yeah. almost at times you you feel like you've you've opened the door to a room you shouldn't have, and I think people oh, are man, receptive you're gonna, to that. Yeah. You know, yeah, people yeah, yeah, are yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Hey, I'm not a born again Christian, but I I'm receptive to someone who doesn't have all the answers, and maybe they identify as one, but they're working right." It out. And and because Mir that you has never once p- positioned themselves in a. You all need to have Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't do altar calls at their church. They've ne- right. They've never positioned themselves in that realm. And I will, I think this is a good segue to get into the religious upbringing of the Weiss brothers. Um, yeah, because I'm curious about they were your not, own They were not raised, here. they were not raised Christian themselves. That shocks me. I didn't know that. Um, their mother is, they were raised Sufi Muslim. Um, so their mother is what Muslim. The, okay, I'm ignorant. What's the first word there? Sufi. It's what a it's a smaller sect. Okay. So there's like the big thing during like the Iraq War was like the Sh- the Sunnis and the Shiites. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the Sufis were like even more obscure than those. But so uh, their mother is a Sufi Muslim, and their dad is like sort of halfway between Muslim and Jewish. Like he was Jewish himself. Okay. Um, but then also was like not super devout in that. And so they grew up on like, uh, these, and it's a more like mystical branch of Islam as well. And so they were raised on, uh, like the poet Rumi and all of these folk teachings and folk Hmm. tales from, uh, Bawa. Bawa is like a title. There's some big long name after that. People Hmm. just call him, I think Aaron mostly just calls him the Bawa. Um, but like they were raised in this environment of a mystical Islam and with some Judaism thrown in. And then in like high school or something, Aaron goes to a youth group with a friend, I think, cause he is told he will meet girls there. Um, and it's, it's like, <laughs> it's, it is true. Hey boys, <laughs> go to youth group. You'll meet some girls. Um, they get real but, emotional and then you can talk to them after. Yeah. Uh, but so, <laughs> there's an episode of letter Kenny where they go to the youth group to meet girls. It's a really creepy one. Um, but no, so they, uh, so Aaron joint like is going to this is more like fundamentalist evangelical kind of hellfire youth group and like kind of gets scared into it and gets really passionate about it. Yeah, if and someone then, like, tells you you're going to burn yeah. alive forever, and if your right. brain starts to think about forever and think about the pain of fire, yeah. that's a pretty easy sell. That's yeah. a pretty easy. Yeah, no. What do I need to do to avoid? <laughs> right, exactly, like, exactly. And so like. Um, he was, did get in, was proselytized into this more mainline evangelical movement. Uh, and then like 
as he explored like, oh, I'm still depressed. <laughs> like all these things. He uh, Tell me about it. Turns out Jesus doesn't <laughs> cure depression. Yeah. Um, but so then like the big catalyst. And so A to B life was written sort of in that same place. Like he hadn't uh, explored too far beyond that. Um, but there okay. is a community called the simple way in, I think Philadelphia or the Bruderhof. Um, I don't remember. It's like a, it's like a, almost a commune community. Like it's a, it's a communal living. Like they have a farm, they make their own clothes, like all these things. Like they're mm-hmm. not quite Amish, but like they kind of look Amish cause they're making their own clothes and whatever. But Aaron spent a few, he spent some time there and like it, like totally like changed the way that he perceived and like uh, what Jesus was teaching and like what Christianity was and what it could be. And so pretty radically shifted into like a anarcho anarcho communist view of Christianity, which got a whole lot of people mad, but also was like one of the things that personally for and myself me without you was already established at this point. Without, yeah, 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 yeah. This okay, is so between he's, again, the first doing two this albums. kind of in public. Hi, I'm kind of changing. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so this is also when he stops wearing, deal. this is when he stops wearing the parkas and starts wearing like these baggy thrift store clothes and starts dumpster diving and like gets super into like sustainability <sighs> and things like that. So I remember the dumpster diving them, thing. Yes, because my <laughs> friend, well, when I was, my band was trying to be a band. Uh, me and I thought you played at the local venue that we uh, we often played at. We were sort of played there once a month yeah. or something for whatever reason. And me and I thought you played there, and I didn't go for whatever reason. I didn't go to the show. What was and it? And the place? Yeah, I don't remember. Alvin's Elvin's? No, no. Okay. It was someplace I was in gonna like think Lavonia it, or something. Okay. I was gonna think it'd be really funny if it was the same show that Lauren got grounded to going to. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't because <laughs> Alvin's is in Detroit. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so okay. my band starts doing anyways, my guitarist goes and again, Me Without You is I think on A to B Life still maybe there maybe the second album. Maybe cut Yeah. <laughs> and my guitarist talks to him and they're like Oh yeah, we run our van on like uh, what is that? Have been the second vegetable oil. That would have been the second album. And yeah, my guitarist comes and he's like, "Bro, I like talk to me without you after the show." And they're like, "Super cool, with you guys." But they told me yeah. like how they just run their van on vegetable oil and they just pull up to like restaurants and like ask yeah. for it, and it's like super sustainable. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, "That sounds one cool and sounds too insane." Yeah, like, they all they all like became <laughs> mechanics. With that van, that um, van died like four years ago. They drove in it forever. But it was, I, so, oh, so I, again, back to my thinking about this episode and, and, and I, I do know a bit just from you and my friend Rob about Aaron's history. When I was in, uh, just the, the Christian cult masters commission, there was a fork where and, and we talked about too about uh you being shocked to see someone of a christian background uh, criticizing uh yeah. bush i remember in this in in masters commission there was a guy i knew he was the first to vote not like he voted for Kerry in the bush Kerry election yeah. of whatever that was oh, so four four or something i was um, a month too young to vote 
He voted for Carrie. And I remember being like, a month, month whoa, and a half. dude. Like, yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. And he had like he had a very similar ethos. Again, he wasn't even mm-hmm. a Me Without You fan, but he had a very similar ethos. He bought yeah. 100% of his clothes from the thrift store. He mm-hmm. believed very strongly that, like, Jesus was a communist. He very strongly believed that, like, like he took the, uh, the you know, the whole uh, eye of the needle. It's hard, hard yeah. for a rich man to get the eye of the needle in yeah, the heaven. Yeah, exactly. Or easy for a rich man to get the eye of the needle in the heaven. He was like... No, well, it's, said no it. it's it's hard. It's hard. It's and, as it's as hard. <laughs> uh, or Camel as a needle. Yeah, he took that seriously. So he was very much like, yeah. "I'm going to drive my crappy car. All my clothes are from a thrift store." Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he shaved. He he went the full. I'm going to shave everything. Look, um, I did that once, and he. He was an influence on me because he was yeah. just to me at first he was a freak, and then but it was <laughs> I was curious I was like yeah. okay you're a wonderful guy and I really like you and what's the story here because because I was never attracted to the aforementioned uh, like TBN seven hundred club Jim right. Baker and Tammy right. Faye kind of Blah. glitz and glamour Blah. that Blah. you know even as a the most devout Christian I was like this is this is a yeah. bit of a racket. <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah, I, 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 all that to say, there was a movement at the time to be like, oh, I'm going to take the red yeah. letters seriously and, and follow them, and they don't lead to me being a millionaire, <laughs> right, right, and like Shane Claiborne and Dennis Miller and like guys like that were also like in the same sort of movement. The emergent church was what mm-hmm. that sort of thing was called at the time. And so there was an awful lot of reexamination of like, Hey, like what if Jesus was serious about these parts? <laughs> what that, if the things he said he meant? <laughs> no, it, it really. And, and like, so that was really, which is like, you know, you always like hear that at church camp or whatever, but it's like, or like you go to youth group, you're like, yeah, what Jesus meant it. Jesus meant what he said when he said, and then they'll say like usually nothing, something that Jesus said yeah, once or I mean, mis- the misquoted. The first time but, I remember learning about, um, I was arguing with someone, I was in, like 19, about drug testing for yeah. uh, uh, food stamps or EBT cards. And I'm like, and I found out that it was actually more, the amount of people who use, uh, or like on drugs and whatever and it, it, like economically, economically didn't even. Yeah. I'm not even throw the moral argument out. Economically didn't even make sense. But then you get into the moral ethical argument, and it's like, and somebody said to me, "Well, yeah, when Jesus was handing uh, the the famous uh, the bread fish and fish, loaf. he didn't drug test people exactly." And that like, yeah. is one of those throwaway comments from someone who, yeah. again, probably throwaway comment, and that just punched me in the face. No, absolutely. Yeah. And Aaron was one of the, and I'm not going to say he was the most poignant because like I wasn't necessarily following these other voices the same way as closely as I was following Aaron, this guy who made music I liked and looked like me and felt a lot of the same things that I did. And so he was really, and, and especially later on because he started really examining uh, Christianity under the lens of like, all right, what did Jesus actually say versus what we we're doing? And like, especially when, you know, we have like good devout Christian folks explaining to me why we should be invading Iraq when they didn't <laughs> attack us. Yeah. 
And then oh. we have Aaron saying like, why are we doing this? Like, this is a waste yeah. of resources. It's a, it's cruelty to the people that are collateral yeah, damage it to it. So much human misery. Yeah. And, 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 and so what? to have a voice like that, like that was really the first time that, and it took me a while to like divorce myself from the Republican party from there. Um, but it was definitely one of the first catalysts. But then after that, he started, uh, because he is, uh, famously i i said he's very self-deprecating he's very like untrustful of himself to the point of like people are like well you're you're in this rock band playing these thousand dollar guitars you're a hypocrite and he's like oh you do not even know how much of a hypocrite i am if that's all the hypocrisy you see from me then i have tricked you immensely <laughs> because yeah if you start every- going on the hypocrisy rabbit hole everyone's right. a hypocrite everyone's so, a hypocrite right and so he also so um, from there, he started to like reexamine a lot of these things also with like the idea of like, okay, so what if God is actually too big to fit inside of Christianity? Like, mm-hmm. what if there is truth in Islam? What if there is truth in Buddhism? Because also his dad, his uh, uncle was a Buddhist as well. Mm-hmm. So he had all these religious uh, influences in there. And so like there in just exploring, like, what are these things? Like, what are these other ideas and trying to go through? And I don't even know if you could call it like a universalist sort of thing, but there is definitely like a lot more influence spiritually in what he's doing. And that I, I will say, I will sort of like end it there because like the, I don't want to get stuck in the weeds of like, examining Aaron's spirituality. Cause I'm not number one, I'm not through the book yet. So I don't know. Um, but then <laughs> also, yeah, like you're, uh, you're not text message buddies with it. Right. You right. Know, I'm not, not, I mean, I'm, I'm reading emails that he sent to this other guy, but I haven't read, yeah. I'm not up to date on that, but yeah. like he, they were pulled from Christian bookstores for the album. It's all crazy. It's all false. It's all a dream. It's all right. Which we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, it's, it's their most controversial album, but it, <clears throat> I didn't it's know not that. controversial because it was pulled from Christian bookstores, but it was pulled from Christian bookstores because, uh, there's a song called Allah, 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 which is like, you, you can't do that. I know, which he <laughs> joked. He joked one time uh, at a show. It's it's in the I'm, I was just reading it in the book today. They're like, yeah, we called the song Allah, 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 which like, according to a Christian bookstore is just as bad as calling a song. Shit, shit, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and, which is a thing that he said on stage, I think maybe at Cornerstone. <laughs> Maybe it's some other place, but that's the thing is there's these weird purity test rules. Yes, um, swearing was and they was haven't passed them, them in a long time. And they have, yeah, they, they haven't passed them a long time. There are some swears in some newer songs too. There's an F word. I mean, under, under oath, who who uh, the latest I read about them, which was in 2020, they're angry ex Christians. They were never Christians. Under oath released a record in 2019. I remember listening to it and reading uh, um, interviews with them, and they were still very much professing to be Christians. Oh, were they? All yes. (laughs) I thought they were absolutely not. (laughs) No, and uh, the one from the latest record, like we are Christians, but we are offend. They were like, we are offended that people are offended by our use of swear words in our music sure. more than they're offended by like yes. Donald Trump. 
Yes, which, absolutely. Which if, is 100% you know, if there's a I'm Christian there. like movement I'm pro or for, I was like, okay, under oath, I I salute you. I, yeah. I you are I agree. Um I forget who it was. There was some Christian speaker uh or teacher, writer or somewhere um, it might have even been Shane Claiborne in like the early 2000s, mid 2000s that said that most Christians don't give a shit about the poor. And in fact, most of them are more upset that I just used the word shit than the poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're more mm-hmm. upset about that. Totally. Um, it's but yeah. absolutely insane if you right. think about it, is, it for it more is than five nuts. seconds. It is nuts. But- yeah, you know, and and me without you is one of my catalysts for thinking about it for more than five seconds, and I am very <laughs> grateful for that. And I uh, and I and I say again, I don't want to get lost in the weeds of the spirituality because mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of musicality that we need to talk about because. Sure. Um, but we knew this was going to be a personal episode. Yeah, here is the bombshell that I have been waiting to drop on you. I have thought about telling this to you. Uh, a few times, they said, "No, I'll tell that on air. I'll get the real repu- I'll get the real thing because of the way me without you started. So they I'm gonna were. I guess they started at a Christian camp or something. There were some buds no. who met at a Christian camp, Bible, <laughs> no. Bible camp. Uh, so Aaron and Mike, uh, and I think their original drummer, and also Greg Jahanian, who is the bassist that they've had since brother sister. Mm-hmm. Um. They used to be in a band called The Operation, a Christian emo band that Aaron played drums for. Hmm, okay. I think that he wrote a lot of the lyrics too, but Greg was the one who played guitar and sang. Okay. Uh, and around late 90s, Philadelphia, a lot of these uh, like hardcore bands are coming out. And Aaron is famously not a fan of heavy music. Huh. And so he said, I wouldn't have guessed that from <laughs> right. what they came out with. Right. And so he said, Hey, how about we start a band we can holler to? And so <clears throat> they get another drummer, Ricky Mazzotta, who is one of the best drummers of all time, in my opinion. Um, is and he their Mike, drummer? yes, he's, he's been their drummer the whole time. He impressed me the other he night. He's so I, good. I, I, I like he, he I took note. So I took note good. the other night. Yeah. I was like, he's sir, so you good. are, he's incredible. Yeah. But so, um, so they got, Greg wasn't in on, he, he was, he didn't want to be part of it. And so mm-hmm. they got, uh, another guitar. <clears throat> I think they, they got another friend to play guitar and then Mike and Ray played drum or played guitar and bass. Ricky played drums and Aaron just like was going to scream. And they wrote the most cartoonish hardcore they could think of mm-hmm. and like came up with the most flowery emo sounding name they could. And they started as a joke. So I knew it was, this. I knew this. Did you know this? Okay. I knew this, that they started as a joke. And I think that's why I took them less seriously. Okay, I was so like, oh, they're they're not only are they a joke band, but they're a qua- they're a quasi yeah. Christian band. I don't know yeah. if they're Christian, whatever. But it's yeah. like you know, it's oh seven, <laughs> and I am like I am right. axing this from my life. Yeah, and so actually, I be- the operation continued for a bit hmm. until. Uh, me without you put out one EP called Blood Enough for Blood Enough for Us All, which is unlistenable. 
It is awful. <laughs> it is completely unlistenable. But because they were being as ridiculous as they could, their live show was really incredible. And like people just couldn't stop seeing them. They couldn't like they couldn't look away. People kept coming to their shows. They're like, you got it. There's this huge like word of mouth cult around them. Yeah. And then so they get signed to a small label and they're like, oh, we better write some like other songs that are a little better. And they have this EP, um, I Never Said I Was Brave. Two songs from uh, from that EP are on A to B Life. And okay. it's better, but it's still not like the Me Without You that would release A to B Life. And so mm-hmm. they're going around, they're touring these songs, they're being kind of ridiculous. And they're like playing generator stages at audio at a Cornerstone and getting like crazy attention. And it gets to the point that Brandon Ebel from Tooth and Nail just signs them based on the strength of their live show. Like they are, st- and then they're like, we better start taking this seriously. <laughs> like so, we have a contract now. When I saw them the other night, uh, uh, he was, you know, announcing the band and introducing people. And he's uh, thanked the gu- guitarist who I'm sure you know the name of. Uh, but he just was basically it? said, this guy joined the band and like whipped us into shape because Brandon Beaver, sound, yeah, we used to sound like crap. Well, no, and I was so, like, I was like, sir, I saw you and you sounded like crap. <laughs> no, so <laughs> but they, he was transparent about it. He was just like, because yeah. he said, he said, I bring the vibe, I bring the hype, I bring the energy. We weren't so concerned about <laughs> with our live show sounding great. And he's like, this guy joined and whipped us into shape and made us like practice. Is it the guy with the short hair? <clears throat> I mean, it's one of the guitars. Yeah, one of the there's the one the shorter, that didn't look like him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, not his shorter, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not and his so brother. So I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate that he made that little bit of a joke, and then he and then he calls it the sound guy, which you rarely yeah see. Like he thanked the crew, but he's like the sound. The again, I'm blanking on the name. Right. But the sound guy joined our crew, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah was really this 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 uh fifth element kind of yes. deal. And so the Brandon Beaver, the guy that he is pointing to, mm. he joined the band at Pale Horses. Or maybe on the Ten Stories tour. Like it was late into their career that he joined. Mm. And so like the credit that he's giving him is a very recent thing. And I will say one of the things that Aaron has started doing in the last maybe five, six years is that he started using uh, in-ear monitors so that he could like actually Actually, hear himself because I noticed that I was even after. Yeah. So he, he, (laughs) he very famously, very publicly took voice lessons before brother sister. And what he just joked was like kind of offended when the band brought it up. (laughs) It's like, what, am I not good enough (laughs) that I would need? It was like, I'm not, I'm not actually, I should like learn how to sing. Um, but even live for yeah, a long I mean, time, he was kind of pitchy. Songs, yeah, Yellow Spider or whatever. Like, is he blowing me with his vocals? No, but it's no. clear he's learned to sing. It's clear, yeah, he's yeah, learned yeah, yeah. And his, to, yeah, his performances on some of the later stuff is like, I would actually say impressive. Like, there is a mm-hmm. vocal control that is like, oh. I actually don't know if I can sing this controlled at this low volume. Like you are actually, but a lot of that is because he started using in ears. Because even for a while, in ears are every in ears yeah. are hearing yourself as a singer yeah. is everything. And, yeah. it, and and when you play crappy little venues, yeah, uh, for whatever reason, you get your little monitor wedge. I have learned to never use cannot, a monitor. 
They cannot. I don't know why every sound guy at every crappy club I ever played could not put my vocals yep. through the monitor and also without feedback, without yep. feedback. Yep. Yep. And yep. so I would just play my guitar. You know, I can't even do the pinch your, pinch your ear thing because right. I'm playing guitar. And yeah. oh my God, it would drive me nuts. And then after people would be like, oh, you sounded good. And I'm like, I know I didn't because <laughs> I couldn't hear myself. And oh, it would drive yeah. me nuts. Uh, for Nathaniel South, a shout out to Paul Senior. <laughs> A very specific sound guy here in town. One time I asked him, hey, could I get more more of my voice on the monitor? Check, 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 check. It's not doing anything. Is it plugged in? He asked. I said, let me check. And I went and I went and we traced out the cable and I said, yeah, it's plugged in. The conversation did not go any further than that. I did the show with no vocals in my monitor. <laughs> South has his own run-ins. With Paul Senior, I think one. I think one time he asked him for more vocals, so, and he said no. Even if you're the you're freaking Adele or whatever, yeah, you gotta. You, if yeah. you're on stage, you have to hear yourself. You have to hear yourself, and yeah. it's so. Uh, I've, I've gotten pretty good at hearing myself through the house, but it's I don't like to. I don't. Like yeah, to. no, but you yeah. want those interviews. Yeah, those but interviews no. So, so they wait, wait, they wait, get, quick pause. Quick oh. pause. My cat is having a conniption fit. And I'm gonna let her in. <laughs> She's having a conniption fit. So quick as quick as you can see her in the mirror. Quick aside, yeah. Lauren uh, is I'm a bachelor tonight because she, her and her co-worker, her coworkers are super big fans of uh, Jawbreaker and got her yeah. really into Jawbreaker. And the other so, job band. Um, she's gotten really into Jawbreaker over the years in, in a way that I definitely haven't. And yeah. they had an extra ticket tonight. Oh, there you go. And so she goes. And so uh, it's me and the cats tonight, and I there close my door for the podcast and sprinkles the screaming. I yeah. apologize. Continue I, uh, your story. Yeah, I um, I never really got into Jawbreaker. I chose I chose Team Jawbox when I was a youth. And so because... You can only like one jaw band. Right, right. You, there, only, there are two job bands, and you can only like one of them. So I chose Jawbreaker, or Jawbox. I chose Jawbox. I, <laughs> I've tried to get into. I mean, I've seen Jawbreaker live now. Yeah, Lauren struck me to a, a show. Um, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah. But people what, who like Jawbreaker, it's like the alkaline love, trio thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like you're like, yeah, okay, they're good. And they're like, no, I have several friends. Like, okay. I have several friends who are going to come at me for <laughs> this right now. Um, you're like, really though? It's what just is hilarious? Punk. Why though, is it so good? What is hilarious though is that both the guy from Jawbreaker and the guy from Jawbox went on to have airplane-related re- side mm-hmm, projects, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. both Burning Airlines and Jets to Brazil. I'm like, can you guys not stay out of each other's way for a second? Um, <laughs> can you not? But yeah, so um, one of the big things that happened with them being a joke band that then got signed and started taking it seriously is that because they weren't into heavy music, necessarily they like that was the big Mm. influence on the sound and so Mm. aaron was very uh public about like i want to sing songs that i would want to listen to and so he's like super into bob dylan and nutrimilk hotel and bands like that and Mm. so that's where they got like some more of the folk influence um which is (laughs) in there on Brother, sister, but it is all the way there on. It's all crazy. 
Can I can I tell you a bit? Uh, so we're standing in line waiting to get into the show the other night, and there's a couple like there's the little smokers area. Yeah, and there's clearly some people going to see with what I was able to infer was there was a couple of guys going in to see me without you and a woman who I think worked at the the store right there, the bar. I think she's like a bartender on her own mm-hmm. smoke break. And the guy goes, I don't, they're kind of like Lincoln Park, but then like with folk music in there. What, what and I the go, hell? and I go, what the fresh hell? And I turn around what? and he's, he's like, yeah, like they do like stuff like Lincoln Park, but then they'll like bust into like, like what the hell? Celtic music. And what the hell? I, I don't this think is Lauren the, heard. This is maybe the worst take I've ever and heard in my I life. I was in line and I was like, what? They're talking. These dudes what? are describing to this this woman who's and I kind of like I pieced it together after listening to more of the conversation. I'm like, oh, she's just also on her smoke break and they're smoking yeah. together. And she's like, who is this? And they're explaining who oh my you is. I would not start with Lincoln Park. No. So there was. <laughs> I just had to throw. That, I had to tell you that little story. Oh my god! Like Lincoln Park is not the band I would start with. But sure, I am baffled. I am baffled, but I'm glad you told me. <laughs> Now I have to find that guy. <laughs> you have to write him a strongly worded letter. Yes. No. So it was. It, so when they first started gaining notoriety, and everyone's trying to explain it, and like you always are trying to explain bands with other bands, I try yeah. to avoid yeah, that. As, I try to avoid that as much as I can, even though that is my like. It is very hard being like a review writer who mm-hmm. is trying to avoid talking about other bands, um, but like. I mean, you I have remember to, that's why we have there's genres, a, yeah, there are concessions, right? Like, right, right. It's why but, you have rock, right? And you go somehow <laughs> right. Motley Crue and somehow Death Cab for Cutie fit under rock, I guess. <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna start using. Hey man, do you like do you like Motley Crue? Oh man, you love Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> It is a, it's a closer yeah, relationship are. than this guy. <laughs> but yeah, but no. So like when we were all trying to figure out how to describe them to other people, mm-hmm. I do remember at the drive-in came up and because at the drive-in came up, Rage against, Rage against the Machine also came up because Ooh, no one knew what sense. to do with at the drive-in at the time. And so I remember at the drive-in getting compared to Rage Against the Machine a well, lot. They're, they're Hispanic guys. At the <laughs> right. drive-in got compared to <laughs> right. Rage because heavy music, Hispanic guys with, with big curly right. hair. Right. And yeah. that's kind of where it stops. But like... yeah. I like at the drive doesn't rap, but he kind of scream. He does. He yeah, closer he does, to he what yells. Aaron does. The yeah, yell he yells sort of. Which uh, people also were like, like, "Oh yeah, at the drive-in sounds like Fugazi." I'm like, "Do you have ears? Why are all these people, people like at the drive-in's kind of like the indie rock rage?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, like, exactly. No. See, see, That's, no. So. What's interesting, though, because they released this album, It's All Crazy, It's All False, It's All a Dream, All Right, which is... Yeah, why, wait, the, sorry, why did they get in trouble from, uh, like, Dixon's and Family Christian Bookstore Oh, because they had the song called Allah, Allah, Allah. Oh, okay, okay, sorry, you said that. And, and because but, there's a spot but, where he talks about uh, the dog beneath our waists aroused. Have these people read Song of Solomon? Well, so the line is... Song of Solomon is pretty randy. 
I know. So this, uh, I'm going to try to remember this line. It's from my least favorite Me Without You song ever, not because of this line, <laughs> but because the song itself is kind of bizarre. Um, it's like the dog beneath our legs, or beneath our waists aroused with arms outstretched to hug the pretty gals. It came much more as a surprise. It happening while I hugged the guys. I'm gonna say which then like family Christian bookstore in the Bible, right? But family Christian bookstore is like, wait, it's happening when you hug the guys. No, (laughs) no, we can't. We can't work through our sexuality. No, 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 no. No, but so, and I had a I had a theory about it's all crazy that was recently dispelled by. I've never listened to that one. Like I listened when I listened to ten stories. You are gonna hate it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, think I figured I would it. like it because it's the least uh, Lincoln Park sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, I think you'd hate it because it's all based. It's almost all based on like the the these Muslim fairy tales. Uh, so like it's all like animals. That might make me like it because it's more. It's less close to you my have headspace. Okay, but you have also previously derided. Oh yeah, all their songs about animals. These are all the songs about animals. That's this intense stories. um, There's a great clip. So, okay. Unless it's X-Men, unless it's X-Men, my brain does not care to remember the fantasy or made up BS uh, in whatever. (laughs) I love Harry Potter. I don't remember what any of that crap's called. I just like Harry Potter and <laughs> men a lot. To me. I like those books a lot. And there's a bit on this. Uh, so are you saying called- that you hate trans people? Oh my God. Don't <laughs> God. Uh, performative I, I activism. Burned, I burned all my Harry Potter books the second <laughs> she said something wrong. Um, the uh, There's a show called The Thick of It. Uh, and there's a, fa- a clip. I've never even watched a show, but this clip is so famous that it comes around where it's two guys trying to describe uh, the one guy's trying to describe something to the other, and he's using Star Wars as a metaphor, and it is like the most abysmal Star Wars. He's like, you know that movie you like with the hairdresser about like the <laughs> pin to tin tinfoil robot and the pedal bin, and they gotta shoot the thing. And, and he's, he screwed his sister. He screwed his sister, and then they go live on the planet with the teddy bears. And the guy, and the guy sitting across from him is just like, "Yeah, that was a great metaphor. Thank you for that." That's how I am with like all fantasy except X Men. You know, like X Men. Someone will talk about X Men, and I'm like, "Oh no, I can explain Kitty Pride's powers perfectly." But then people will talk about Lord of the Rings. I'm like, "The orcs or ogres, same shit. Like, who cares? Like, whatever." <laughs> No, so yeah, so I had thought that my fan theory that I had for it was that they wanted out of their tooth and nail contract, hmm. and so they released what was supposed to be an Aaron Weiss solo album or a Weiss Brothers side project album under Me Without You to get themselves out of the contract because it really is like a sore thumb in the discography. Um, so do you personally not really enjoy it? I do, honestly. And I will also say as a fan at the time and like following what they were doing and cause Aaron and Mike were doing like these acoustic cafe tours mm-hmm. playing these songs and like Aaron would hang out in the line before the shows with an acoustic <clears throat> guitar playing Neutral Milk Hotel and Bob Dylan covers. Mm-hmm. And 
like I was so like once it came out, it made so much sense for what the band was doing at that time. But in hindsight, it is very, it was and it. A lot of people hated it when it came out. There's maybe a three lines, four lines of yelling on it. Mm. Uh, but what I, what was cleared up uh, a couple of years ago when the band did an AMA on Reddit, uh, in the me without you subreddit. So not like <laughs> on the actual AMA mm-hmm. subreddit, mm-hmm. but, um, that was, they were on the verge of breaking up and they're like, all right, are we going to make another album or not? And Aaron was like, I have some songs and those, <laughs> because Aaron had those songs, that's why the band continued to exist. And okay. so their their discography sort of has a horseshoe. It's very much like a bell curve. And so you have like the very angry, very angsty A to B life. So then you have like the more indie rock, but still shouty Catch Us the Foxes. And then mm-hmm. you have like the, the folk stuff sorts, sort kind of starts getting into it. And mm-hmm. then you have It's All Crazy, which is all folk. Mm-hmm. And then there is a lot of, uh, there's, <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of, uh, people didn't like it. And so they sort mm-hmm. of like came back and Aaron said later, is like, yeah, I think we're a better, like, I like folk music more than I like punk music, but we're a better punk band than we are a folk band. And mm-hmm. so 10 stories is back to like the sort of half and half where like, it sounds okay. a lot like brother, sister. And then, they did the Catch for Us the Foxes 10-year anniversary tour, and I th- then they went to write Pale Horses, which was written by the band playing without Aaron. They actually He actually asked them to hold off on writing a new album, mm. and they just like kept meeting to jam and accidentally wrote an album like, here you go, it needs vocals now, which is how the earlier records were written. Mm. But I think that the Catch for Us, the Foxes tour reminded them a whole lot about that old sound. And so Pale Horses sounds an awful lot like that. And then they did the A to B Life 15-year tour. And then they wrote the Untitled album, which is the yelliest, screamiest thing they had done probably since A to B Life. And so it's a really interesting journey that is like, it's weird because at no point in this do they sound like anyone but themselves, mm-hmm. but they also don't, there are many spots where it's like, this is the same band. Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure about yeah. this? Which is like really. I mean, I, I remember when brother or sister came out, I joked with you. I signed out when they were uh, the yellow spider song. I was like, yeah, no, like I'm tapping out. And then, you know, uh, I listened to that record uh, yesterday and today, and I, it's, I'm fine with it now. But, yeah. like, at the time, I was just like, nope, <laughs> like, I'm tapping out. Right. And that was, that was, I remember a lot of people having, like, a similar thought there. We're like, he's talking about, like, porcupines and spiders now. Nope, I'm out. Like, peacocks and tigers. Nope, I'm out. Um, but, no, it's it's one of those things where there are in, you know, I I said it's a bell curve, but like untitled and a to B life 
there's like similar moments of the fury yeah. there. It's not like they sound like the same record. It's more that they came to appreciate that early fury more and were able to like reintroduce it. Um, it's also probably worth noting that they had a, um, their bassist Greg took a hiatus to get his doctorate during that time. These and they're one of their earlier guitarists left to go to med school. Like these guys are all like very brilliant, mm-hmm. the very intelligent guys who are like just in this punk band their entire, mm-hmm. like that's like the career, their life is gone. But so they, the A to B life tour had a backup bassist who then wrote the parts for the untitled album. Mm-hmm. There's also a companion EP, which was like basically a folk album, but not a folk album. Like, it's all crazy was, hmm. which is I, weird. It's just like such a wildly diverse discography. And I was very interested when you saw them, like what the encore tracks would be, because I don't think they have ever played the same set twice. Yeah. Again, I seeing them play brother sister. There was a bit where I was like, Oh, Oh, this sounds familiar. Oh, I know this part. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Now, did I sing along? No. I, but it was more over the years between you and my friend Rob. I remember me going, okay, I should listen to Brother Sister. But again, most of it, as a boring adult, is me putting it on while I'm working. And then yeah. it's like, it's kind of lost on me. It's hard. Yeah. Um, you have to you have to observe it. You have to cut time for it. But I kept thinking about when I was watching them, the thing that stood out to me and I, you know, cause I had my podcaster hat on a little bit when I was seeing them <laughs> of like, you know, what, what they mean to you and the kind of band they are. And, and, and again, the lyrics, uh, the heaviness, the, the, the anger, but then the lyrics being what they are. And the band that kept coming up for me was, they reminded me the most of converge. Oh, of sure. Being a band. Yeah. Who has an almost cult like following, the Jane Doe album cover art is a very popular tattoo. Mm-hmm. I've contemplated getting that tattoo myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially Jane Doe in particular, you're not going to know what he's saying. You're just not going to know what he's right. saying. You have right. to open up the lyric booklet and read. And when you do, you realize uh, uh, Jacob Bannon, the lead singer Converge, is a very, very talented poet and very talented lyricist. But like, that took me again. It's not a band I can go to someone and go, "Hey, listen to Converge." Yeah, they mean yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. to me. Age ago, hey, do you want to sit down with a lyric booklet and read along <laughs> to Jane Doe? Do you want to listen to to you fail me? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and so that yeah. really reminded me of of when I watched them last night or two nights ago. I was like, or no, wait, yeah, it was two nights, two nights ago. Uh, when I saw them two minutes ago, the thing that stuck out to me, I just kept looking for a comparison band, and I thought, I feel like they're similar to Converge, and again, Converge doesn't have quite the uh, religious uh, history, but right. they were a hardcore band of a certain era where 50%, if not more, of the popular hardcore bands were out yes. Christians. Yes. So Converge probably has played shows with me without you and stuff like they played right probably. after they played right after Zayo at Furnace Fest. Okay, perfect example, you know, and they themselves were 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 never right. Their their lyrics are more about uh, depression and relationships and the world and not so much religion, but um 
the 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 lyrics and the songwriting there of, of you explain. I remember buying Jane Doe, putting it in my car, and going, "This sounds like a trash compactor." What did I just buy? <laughs> yeah. And reading the lyrics and being like, "Okay, there's something here," and then yeah. and then going on this journey with that band, who I still one of my favorite bands. Yeah. So, so yeah. I I will say I will go back because I just popped into my my iTunes, mm-hmm. and I'm still calling it iTunes. I refuse to just call it Apple Music. It's iTunes forever for me. It's iTunes. I, it's been so long since I've used any of that stuff that I don't even... <laughs> oh, you know when I use music? Every week when I go to write the show notes and I download the <laughs> MP3 and I double click on it like an idiot and it opens up music and I go, I thought I fixed you last week to open a VLC player. And then every week in my brain, I fix it so that it opens up in VLC player. Like all the is open. And, and I don't, I clearly yep. don't. Cause then next week it opens up in music and yep. I get mad. So I popped over to iTunes and I just filtered by me without you, but between seven albums, three EPs, one of which is like an appendix EP that has some like remixes and other versions on it. Between those releases, and I don't have the Blood Enough for Us All in there, so that's the very very first. The very very first. I don't have that, so that's not considered in this number. There are a hundred and three tracks. Okay, so that's like that's a that's a that career, is a that's sizable. A- yeah. Catalog. That's a career. That is a sizable catalog. <clears throat> and the, I will also say they do play some of these outtake tracks live. I like that you pulled up uh, iTunes and not, you know, like me, I'm just going to pull up Spotify or something if I'm looking for, for music. So it doesn't just, give, I don't know where the counter is on Spotify for that. Oh, there isn't one. You have to, no, you no, have no. to yeah, yeah, yeah. manually do the math. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But no, so like that's. Basically, outside of like the reunion shows, basically anytime they go to play a show, they just hit shuffle, and like hmm. they sit down and build That's a set. That's kind of wild for every set. A lot of bands. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you. Really, this is somebody has what? There are songs we haven't records? played in years. You're like, I, if somebody was like, "Hey, play this song from your first record," you'd be like, "Bro, I don't remember, man." <laughs> yeah, and since <laughs> I gotta practice. Yeah. They actually took all the A to B Life tour, A to B Life songs out until that tour, and they have been playing them more since then. So, like, it's it's a like all I feel like I hear about shows all the time because I'm in a Me Without You Facebook group, and like, of course you are. (laughs) Like, I feel like all the time there is someone who's like, "Oh my gosh, I saw them and they played this show. They played this song for the first time I've ever Mm. heard it," which is like. With 103 songs in your catalog, you can you can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You can do that, and so it's I. It's hard for so, me to over to. I can't overstate just how important a band they are to me, mm-hmm. and so to a lot of other okay, people. We've talked about them a but, lot. We've and we've we've tied them into both both uh, our our various faith journeys, and uh, like obviously they're. That's kind of part of their story. Yeah. Um, is wrestling with your your he, your faith. Where's a good spot for people to jump in? Should people just start if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what me without you is, this sounds sounds intense. Yeah. Uh 
Do they start with A to B or do they start with no, there is There is a flow chart that I have sort of derived. I haven't <laughs> oh written it God. down. But it's basically start with brother, sister. Really? And then okay. if you like the shouty parts more, go to Catch First the Foxes. <laughs> if you like, like the strummier like parts adventure. more, yeah, go to It's All Crazy. If that's too folky for you go to 10 stories okay if you want catch for us the foxes but more go to pale horses if you want a to b life if you want it more screamy go to a to b life and if that's too screamy go to untitled and that's basically that's basically the way it goes it is (sighs) there are very few bands i think cave in is one of the few bands that has like a similar trajectory where it's like there's I never got past Caven's first record. Oh, you gotta listen to Antenna. You gotta record. listen to Antenna and Jupiter. They all are right. you would love them. As much of a Deftones fan as you are, you would love them. Alright, alright. I just know Caven as being like that new England hardcore band. Like that they like were a straightforward space rock album huh. band for a couple albums. But then they went back to hardcore, but now they're back to space rock because they're back together. Which is incredible, um, but yeah, that's that's I don't know. That's about all I got yeah. to say about you. Other than if you're a, a fence straddler or someone brand new, I would recommend you give them a shot. Like, yeah, give them a fair shake. And Foxes might be a good starting point as well. The intro track but, on on Catch Rest of the Foxes, I think, is what sold me. Yeah. That's like what got me from thinking of, oh, they're just another throwaway Thursday glass jaw clone. But because uh, I kind of thought that's what they were on A to B Life when I was younger. Again, don't 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 yell at me. <laughs> but when I mean that's a better take than Lincoln Park. Then that's bizarre. When uh uh Catch Rest of the Foxes comes out and that intro song, yeah. I mean, that intro song Torches Together you, is get you going. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Come getting that now. I'm thinking about getting a tattoo there. That Torches of Together that, song just freaking rules. So good. Uh I will also say at this point, um you are all welcome to Google or go to YouTube and look up audio, me without you audio feed and you will see the cover set that me and some friends threw together. <laughs> Because I look like Aaron and my friend Patrick looks like Ricky, Wait, did, and so did we you just sing? yeah. I did, okay. Now I, I want to hear this because there I was only a, know you as a singer, singer. I don't know you as a yelper. Some of the organizers helped fuel the fire of the rumor that me without you was actually showing up to play a generator set. <laughs> we started playing, and people started running across the fairgrounds, trying to see if it was really me without you. There is, there is one guy who literally showed up. He looked at us, and then he pulled out his phone. And he went, and he looked, he looked at his phone. He looked at us, looked at his phone, looked at us. He goes, "Nah," <laughs> but then he stuck around. But there was, we. Fo- oh no! I just remembered. I feel so bad about this. A woman came up to me after the show and said, hi, I am from Latvia, and I don't know if you remember, but you toured through my country many years ago. And I said, we are not the real me without you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And she said, are you kidding? And I said, are you kidding? Because I didn't think we were that convincing. Oh, my God. That's... Ooh, that's one of those yeah. moments where you're like, "Sorry, I am so, I am, I was so, I felt so bad." But, All right, no, it was uh, a lot of fun. Now, 
think yeah. we should move on to weekly picks. Isn't this just our weekly picks? Just listen to me without you. My weekly pick no. is, is listen to me, me without you. And uh, if that's not enough for you, uh, uh, my weekly pick is going to be, uh, again, I'm going to go with the most boring mainstream pick. I've been revisiting Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Oh, uh, quite hell a yes. Bit. Uh, hell yes. We've been revisiting uh, that record quite a bit because it is so good I, I didn't get into it until you know adult because whatever I'm oh yeah kid. absolutely who knows uh, i didn't get into an adult um and michelle it, had a I copy of it, it on cd when we got married i'm like really <laughs> um but yeah so it's it's a i fell in love with it about a what 12 years ago or so yeah. but uh recently uh i was watching colbert and he was talking about how, um, because of the anti-critical race theory, which no one can quite pin oh down, God. you can now, t- I think it was in Tennessee or Texas, I don't know, call me. Don't call me, but a southern state. The south. A southern state where you, it was legal to teach who Marvin Gaye was in Black History Month, but it was illegal to teach what what's going on was written about what the hell and so oh my god uh the band um colbert's band uh did like kind of a parody of what's going on that was just about like things are good you know <laughs> and i was like oh, my oh god. i need to go listen to that record again and i've been yeah. revisiting oh, so, it is yeah, so look, it is a masterpiece know, everybody who's listening is going you know it is a masterpiece you know, no, no, no 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 but it like is. The Don't one put it album on. where he's put it on, man. the one Marvin Gaye album that is not good bedroom music. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to want to get freaky. No. Um, so, but yeah, so you said record. you said 12 years ago. Did you like me read the Pitchfork top albums of the 70s list and say, "Ooh, Marvin Gaye"? I've never listened to this one. I can't say for sure, but probably okay. Because I think it was like number three. It was probably or something maybe. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever Pitchfork does those lists, you know, you go. Oh, okay. absolutely, you go through, and uh, then you're like, I've never heard this television record. What's this? And you <laughs> yeah, know, you go dig into it. Uh, Marquee Moon is a masterpiece. It's a, a good record. Man, is that my weekly pick? Go listen to Marquee Moon. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, my weekly pick is the album Don't Think About Death by what you said is the worst band name you've ever heard, Chalk Hands. I hate that name. Why would you call your band that? I had, it's like so, they just grabbed two nouns. <laughs> I, had previ- I had already heard in advance of it and had written a review and you said, I think we need to stop choosing band names now <laughs> like we're done like we're two done days later names. but no it is what, what's the record called though? Sorry. don't think about death okay um so it is screamo in like the fact that like screamo is a real thing and not like just what your mom calls thrice and alcest mm-hmm. what my mm-hmm. mom calls thrice and alcest what your mom calls me without you uh you know, I don't it think actually, my mother's acquainted with that term. I think she would have just said <laughs> screaming music or, or sure. your, you know, your he- your heavy yeah. music. Or it beca- something. Yeah, it became it became a shorthand for any music with screaming around yeah. two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah. But there actually is like a screamo genre. Sometimes, totally, totally. Sometimes humorously called scrams with a Z. Mm-hmm. Um. But so I am not usually a big screamo fan. Like. People are always like, oh, man, you got to listen to page 99. And I'm like, 
this is the most abrasive thing I've ever heard. We talked and... about this the other day, and like for <laughs> me, for me, so going, getting into Thursday, getting into Glasgow, yeah. getting all this, and then people are like, "Oh, there's a line if you go yeah. backwards to Sadia and Orchid." Yeah. yeah, and when I, especially Sadia, because uh, they really have one record; it's a collection, and the other like Cap and Jazz, uh, it, you know, where they have kind of one big thing. Um, Holy cow. Sadia was like, and I remember I was building like furniture or something in the basement. I think it was like, <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly the, ter- the music, something the soundtrack together in the basement. Uh, and I was 16 or so with my dad, <laughs> we were putting something together and I had Sadia on and he was just like, <laughs> it was very like Hank Hill moment. He's like, son, what is this? <laughs> it was just like, you look, must I, can't had... even, I can't even defend this father. Uh, this <laughs> is Sadia. I, I know. I feel like you've had a lot of moments like that with you, dad. I feel <laughs> like I've heard that story part of many times. Our relationship is me right, forcing right, him right. to listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. But no, just, so, yeah. so Chalk Hands is. Chalk Hands. They're more in like the envy side of it. And I will say, okay, I okay. do love envy. I who has love a split with Thursday. Who has a split with Thursday, who has toured with Mono. Uh, not just because they are both Japanese bands, but like they are both like, and Envy does get a lot into like post rock territory. And this Chalk Hands record is similar in that regard. We're like, it's very like the uh, explosive, cathartic angst that like Screamo is known for. But then also, there's a lot of like more melodic moments. There are a lot of like post rock. Uh, ambient moments. There is a mm-hmm. lot of like math rock riffage. So I mean, like, I'm an, if you know I've been bands like to all your wrecks, like, yeah, I, it, you know this. Well, I, well, thank the, you. I've been going through all your wrecks because I don't know any of them because I'm not cool <laughs> anymore. And uh, that's why you started a I podcast like with me. Yeah, I do. I want you to make me cool again. Uh, me, but no, I'm loving yeah, everything you've recommended. There you go. Well, because everything that I buy, everything that I post is stuff that I like enough to buy. So. So it's a pretty I, high I bar. Just, I thought you were going to say more egotistical of like, I have the best tastes. Well, that like also, <laughs> despite what your wife told me in 2006. <laughs> What'd she say? Oh, I, I told you, I think it was last time she issued the harshest insult I've ever received, which you don't even have that good of taste in music. That is a burn from her. I know. I mean, well, you can make fun of her because she doesn't want listen to music anymore. She just doesn't listen to music because that's what happens when you get old. Uh, and we two, talked when about she does that. listen to music, it's like Charlie XCX. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Here's what, whatever. So I'm sure Charlie weird. XCX is great, yeah. whatever, but she, she listens to pop music and I tease her about it. And I'm like, yeah. what happened? I'm like, what happened to the cool girl with the Blood Brothers t shirt that I, <laughs> I married? <laughs> Man, it's false advertising. <sighs> no. So, I here's what's weird about like pop music right now, especially mm-hmm. in like the explosion of. Instagram as a social media platform, like everything is just so visual is like, I've far, I know like all these pop starlets far more as like, as if I would know them as a model than if yeah. I know them as like a, like a singer. Like, I know I can't, what Dua Lipa looks like. Right. I have never heard a single exactly. Dua Lipa song. I was going to say Doja Cat, <laughs> I which did I confuse. I confuse Doja Cat and Dua Lipa as names, and then I see them. I'm like, oh, it's that one. It's the one with the pink hair. Or I confuse Doja Cat and Saweetie. Uh, (laughs) But like, Halsey also kills me. Yeah, Halsey as well. 
Charlie XCX though is like the pinnacle. I like, know Halsey I have, don't is think the I've... lady who took her boob out on the album cover, <laughs> and that's I still have never heard a Halsey song. And she played on I'm SNL one time, and I was like, this kind of sounds like Nine Inch Nails, but that's as far as it went. Because she got controversy for she's breastfeeding, breastfeeding on the cover on of a, a yeah. record. Uh, but even then, I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah. I should listen to that, and then I, I'm never in the mood to try new pop music. <laughs> so, right, but yeah, I'm so old. Listen to listen to your Marvin Gaye, and listen to your yeah, goes and listen to your Scrams chalk hands, and listen to chalk hands. Oh yeah, <sighs> and listen to me without you, folks. Listen Go listen you. to me yeah. without you. I will. I will finally break my like filter to normies. <laughs> Everyone should listen to me without you. Jesse's you mom, should... you should listen to me without you. She's, she's gonna put it on me like, what son. is this? What? <laughs> what? Uh, all right. Thank you for finally doing the me without you episode. Thank you yeah. for indulging. Thank you for you going know. to see them and 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 enjoying it and not being they're, too they're cool. Great. They're so they're great. great. They're, they're so great. great. All right. Okay, love you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Deep Food Radio. This podcast is hosted and produced by Jesse Atkinson and Matt Fitzgerald, who apologize for their rambling, but they also won't adjust their behavior, so their apology should be taken with a grain of salt. If, for whatever reason, you want more, you can follow at Detuned Radio Pod on all socials and visit DetunedRadioPod.com. Someone, please, sponsor us. Detuned Radio Pod.